So let's go through some tips. Anna Harrington, who will win today? Um, I'd like to say the Dees, but um, I think that the Bulldogs may have the edge today. Ashley Bye. Uh, yeah, look, I think it's going to be the Doggies today. I'd like to see a really close contest, but uh, I think the Blue and White and Red are going to take it out. And the protagonist of the commentary box, Dan Hill. Well, mate, I was going to tip the Western Bulldogs, but I just watched them in the warm-up, and they are nervous. Very, very nervous. So I'm going to go for Melbourne, who looked much cleaner in the warm-up. I don't know if you can base it on. That's a bit like the races. Well, exactly. I went to the base training session at Gosses Paddock. Uh, I, I do admit Melbourne looked a lot cleaner by foot, but I just think there's too much firepower for the doggies, so I'm going for the doggies. So it's 3-1 to one doggies over Ds. But we're just about to get underway here at Etihad Stadium on VWFLradio.com, the second AFL Women's Exhibition match. And to get us underway, Dan Hill. So ball being held aloft in the centre as the, the siren sounds for the opening of the second exhibition game between the Bulldogs and Melbourne. Flying up in the ruck for the Bulldogs was O'Connor. Winning the tap was Wooten for Melbourne. Ball comes back down. Pierce is in there for Melbourne and will have a secondary ball up. Very quick on the umps with the secondary ball up. Trying to clear it out early. Get plenty of space. O'Connor won the tap this time. Out the back now. I think it was Arnell. She got the handball away towards Kearney. She races off the back of the square, kicks towards half-forward, turnover for Melbourne. They look to push forward, bouncing footy. The bounce evaded Walding there on the wing for the Bulldogs. Now a chance for Melbourne to build. Slapped away by Paxman. She couldn't come up with it. O'Connor's in there also. Out the back was Haynes. In fact, it was Privatelli. Haynes not playing in the game. Privatelli wearing the number nine. She's bundled over the line now to play. We'll have a throw in half-forward for the Ds. Only a few seconds into the opening term here of the AFL Exhibition Women's Match as the ball is back into play. There's the slap down. Chance here for uh, Pierce trying to kick it along the carpet. Didn't go too far. O'Connor went to ground to try and pick it up. Picked up quickly by Walding. Put it on the right boot. Driving up the city side wing. Getting onto it those bows. Picks up the loose ball. Right into trouble. Coming front on was Moorcroft. Collected her on the way through. Trying to get rid of the hand pass there was Hooker. She was in trouble. Sliding in there is Hickey. Couldn't extract the pill. Brennan goes in there to try and get Get it out. Got it a teammate. Called for the one-two. Shrugged off one tackle. In went Swanson. And the umpire says holding the ball. And that's a throw in the end. And that will be a Melbourne free kick. Ash Byfe is start already. Yeah, look, really intense straight from the very start as we expected. A lot of passion out there. And all these girls are going to put their, put their bodies on the line for the full two hours. Swanson in board. Centre field has Wooten running. But instead kicked it straight down the throat of O'Connor. Poor kick. Wooten was in plenty of space. O'Connor, backside of the circle. Kicks towards half forward. Looking for Brennan. Took the mark on the chest. Dropped what she probably should have taken. Regathers. Snap at goal. Might be a little short. Bounces at the back of the pack. Needs to be touched through by Melbourne. But it misses away just to the right-hand side. We get the first score of the game. It goes away of Katie Brennan. It is the Bulldogs, one behind one point, leading Melbourne yet to score. On VWFLradio.com, live at Etihad Stadium. And we're recording this call as well, so you can hear back a replay during the week. A long kick over the head. Brennan was back there, trying to keep it alive. Spark just trying to go charging through. And the umpire might just call for a ball up here. It's a bit uh, scrappy as Bentley came over the top. And finally, the umpire says, yep, better call for the ball back. Just clears the way behind her and goes for the uh, throw up right inside the forward 50 for the Bulldogs, 45 metres out from goal, ball just bobbling about, Vasio tried to weave her way through, came off the shin there of Watton, ball just went up and went straight back down, players jumped on it and the umpire says uh, we're going to ball it up Daisy Pierce, last person on that pack and we'll try and get things underway again Plenty of sparring early girls Plenty of sparring. Yeah, it's very physical early on. You know that neither of these sides are going to give an inch. Um, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that intensity. This is the biggest game that a lot of these girls will ever play. Um, so, you know, you, you've got 
this amount of time. You just go out there, put your body in the line, get it, give it everything, and hope that you can come home with a win. Ball toss back in. Spark doing the ruck work in the forward line with O'Connor sitting a kick behind the play. Chance for the Bulldogs to work it forward. Very close to the boundary line. Melbourne will want to kill this. Instead, they decide to bring it back in board. Poor handball now at the base of a pack. About 15 or 16 around this. Melbourne will attempt to snap it clear. They do. Bad kick in the end. Taking the mark and coming through. Little handball to Privatelli. She goes to the top of the square. The hot spot in front. Brennan couldn't take the mark. A chance to clear out the fat side for Melbourne. They couldn't gather. Now they're under the pump, but they just managed to ease things off. Good little relieving kick went the way of Gum. Can she come up with it? Does. Good mark, and Melbourne will clear. And then Gum decides to go up towards the wing on the broadcast side. Good mark taken there in front of Simpson. A long raking right foot kick, trying to lead out toward his Harris. Ball just got away from her and went over the boundary line and out of bounds in front of the Bulldogs bench. If you've just joined us, we have gone four minutes into the opening term. It's the Western Bulldogs one behind. Melbourne yet to score. Ball back into play. Just trickling along the ground, picked up quickly looking for the leading player coming out and Squeak McWilliams and it just bobbled away from her, went over the boundary line and out of bounds, but once again Melbourne getting plenty of metres early. Probably almost a blessing in disguise for Melbourne there, they'd really started to flood out of the forward line, didn't have anyone up there, so this has allowed them to push into that 50, of course as I say that the Bulldogs are rebounded out but um, yeah, they were—they didn't really have anyone forward there, so they've been allowed to structure up again and get a few people into that 50. So Swanson has the kick from the, the resultant out-of-bounds free kick on the full Brennan. She closed in on the mark, did the smart thing, got the smother. The little handball came back towards Kearney, who's been in the thick of it early. Over the top now, a chance to switch the play. At half-back is Moorcroft. She's under the pump turnover. Melbourne, a chance for them. They've coughed it up. Melbourne going to the forward pocket. A chance for their first score. Coming through McWilliams. Got the handball back towards Randall. She goes from the pocket. Impossible angle. And just across the face, the one behind. And Melbourne get their first score. She's all tied up. One plays one, risky switch, and it almost came unstuck for, for the Bulldogs. Well, yeah, those Bulldogs, when they're up and about, they look fantastic with that really high running, high intensity game. But um, we saw it just took one little handball that went over the top and Randall pounced. So uh, it just shows how good these forward line players are, that uh, the Bulldogs' defence will really need to be on their guard even when they're just rebounding out like that. Arnold's kick set a challenge there for O'Day, and it came off her hands in the pack contest and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll throw it in 55 metres out from the Melbourne goal. They're attacking the locket end. Ball back into play. Going up there as O'Connor had front posse. Ball hit the ground and you're going to have about eight players jumping onto that and I wouldn't be surprised the umpire calls for the ball up. No, allows Squeak McWilliams to go in there. She tried to squeeze it out. Couldn't do so. Chichio there picks up the ball off the back of the pack and decides to kick it around on the right. Just went sky high but really didn't go anywhere because taking the mark is Daisy Pierce who found space again and decides to spot up Gum. Gum is 45 metres out from goal. Tries to oh. Candy Whoop taken out of her hands there by Moorcroft. Stripped of the ball. Still alive here for the Ds. They kick towards the hot spot. 40 metres out from goal. Great positioning. Bowers takes the mark. 40 metres out. Yeah, and look, I really think Melbourne just need to settle here. Um, there's not a lot of clean ball being won right now. I think everyone's just a, a little bit excited. And, you know, a lot of these girls don't play together week to week. So they're just figuring out, um, you know, how everyone works. But, you know, love to see uh, Bowers nail this and, um, you know, start to get the girls to settle, settle in a little bit. Bowers lining up to directly in front, King from 40 metres out, runs into the run-up, long kick just off hands and will go through for a minor score. And it's Melbourne, two behinds, Western Bulldogs, one behind, seven minutes gone first term. Yeah, just coming off what Ash said about Melbourne needing to settle, I reckon if you went to her regular games, nine times out of ten, 
Gum wouldn't have played on then. Uh, just a little bit of those nerves, a bit of excitement. Um, tried to sell it a little bit and almost got caught out. And uh, speaking of that, the kick out needed yeah, to be Messier precise and it was. Marked, yeah. it's, it's, got uh, played it. it's good to see the, the Ruckman or the Ruckwoman taking the kick out as well as I did in my younger days. They're the best players on the ground, the most skillful, so why not get them to take <laughs> the kick out? Vesio, she then found uh, down in front of us, Phillips. She decides to bomb it up the wing in front. Brennan couldn't claim the mark. She's got the ball at the base of the pack, tackled by Stammers, and we'll have a bounce between wing and half forward for the Ds, who lead by a point. Yeah, and Lou Stevenson in the mix there. We'd love to see her get her hands on the ball, use that left foot and really get it down the wing, get it moving along to those half forwards for the Doggies. Pierce hacked it out of the pack forward for Melbourne. Coming through and, and picking it up, smashing it forward was Mel Caulfield. She got it back towards the, the square, off hands. Chance coming over the top there for Kerrick. She ran onto a big collision, couldn't come up with it. Melbourne turn it over once again. They seem to be winning the 50-50s, Melbourne. Although taking them on and being claimed was Haynes, holding the footy free kick to the Bulldogs. And they decide to move it quickly towards the forward line, flying over the top there of the head of Kerrick, who couldn't quite get onto the end of it. I think it's uh, Cramming out the back there who has it. Decides to weave around one, gets on the right, coming in towards the middle the ground, Watton found space all by herself, had 10 metres either oh. side, decides to go to Pierce from the cap and the captain calls for the ball, you kick to her, goes towards centre half forward, great foresight, Emily Zelke with it, decides to kick it towards the forward line, oh, running player you. running, Gibson, Gibson runs to 25 metres up, and that's the first for the Ds! Yeah, really great build up there. Um, you know, you saw the the connection there of those two Darabin players. Uh, sorry, we had we had Watto there go straight to Daisy. I mean, you know, they may not play on the same team, but they really know each other's strengths. Um, and we really want to see more of that from the D's. Uh, beautiful build up, just just classic into the forward line. Yeah, we know plenty of those girls would have played rep footy together as well, Ash. Yep, so definitely. Really good rapport there. But what a fantastic build up. The skills were just immense. And that is the sort of highlight that when you go around and say this is why you should watch women's footy and support women's footy. Those those are the highlights he showed, just immense skill. And you reckon she was excited with the goal, it's one of the biggest celebrations I've seen this season. Ball down back in the centre, O'Connor won the tap, ball comes out the back for the Bulldogs, hacked away by Arnell, got it back towards O'Connor, she streams towards half forward, long ball inside the attacking 50, hits the base of the pack, over there again is Brennan at the base of it, she can't stand up though, she's on all fours, pursued there was Kerrick, she's dumped, umpire says we'll have a bounce at half forward for the Bulldogs. They trail by seven points. We've played nine and a half minutes in the first term. Ball back up again. O'Connor wins the ruck contest. Ball hit the ground. Kerrick was in and underneath. Try to get it out. Ball bobbling around. Stamis is there with her. Went out the back door. Chance here for Melbourne. Kick was partially smothered. And trying to get away through that contest there was Arnell to dribble it forward. Bodies going. Crash 45 metres out from the Bulldogs goal. Who's going to be first to try and get a clean position? Pierce was involved momentarily. Head over it there. Maybe taking too high Arnell. And the umpire comes in, blows the whistle and says that will be a free kick going the way of Arnell for the doggies decides to go with a low flat punt towards the hot spot and 35 meters out taking a diving mark it's the one who kicked 14 last week mo hope and this is definitely well within mo's range um you know she's she's got a great long kick uh you know i, I hope she doesn't doesn't do me wrong here but i'd say nine out of ten times she's going to absolutely nail this so mona hope from the st kilda sharks 
Used to play representative footy, gave it up for five years and then decided to come back for the second AFL Women's Exhibition match. She kicks on 40, very close to the player on the mark. Tell you what, looks good. Cleared the pack and through the middle. We got a ball game here at Etihad Stadium. Mo Hope gets her first and the Doggies pull it back there. 1-1-7, Melbourne 1-2-8, 11 minutes gone first turn. Well, it's clear before that the Doggies just really needed to settle. They were well and truly in this. Melbourne with a beautiful passage of play. But um, Astro Connor again, just winning it out of the middle there getting it forward. We saw your teammate at Melbourne Uni, Maddie Carrick, getting under the packs. They just managed to lock the ball into that forward line, build up a bit of pressure, and then hope it was easy enough to hit her up with a beautiful kick, strong mark, and uh, she never looked like missing, to be honest. Again, it's O'Connor and Wooten in the centre of the ground. Ball hits the base. Carrick, she's moved into the midfield, couldn't get it clear. Smothered by Pierce. She then regathers the smother, kicks towards half forward for Melbourne. Back of the pack, t- claiming the mark. Well, she didn't claim the mark initially. White, but was paid the mark by the umpire. And the Bulldogs will have a chance to clear. They switch the player to the outer side. The ball bounces kindly for Paxman. She works inside. Kicks it up and under. Poor ball in the end. All the numbers with Melbourne on the wing. A chance here for Blackburn. She goes around the corner. Backing back. Couldn't take the mark. I think it might have been Swanson. Ball hits the base. At half forward, it'll be a free kick going to Harris. Is it in there? No, it's going to go the way of the Bulldogs. No, it is going to Melbourne. Oh, hang no, on. No, it's going to the Bulldogs. Must have been a high fend-off. High fend off, I think it was. All the all the players are a little confused as uh, the ball comes up now for the Bulldogs. They go out wide. A chance for Paxman. She's under the pump. Just dropped it at her at her feet. Umpire wave play on. She was legged, and it'll be a free kick to the Bulldogs. I think a lot of the girls out here are just trying to get used to all the space that they've got. I think we can see, you know, a big pack of the players are forming on one side of the ground. And uh, I think that's really more to do with the fact that these girls just aren't used to playing on such a large ground. So hopefully we'll see them create some spread and space during the day and you'll see these skills come up. O'Connor decides to go long from half back towards the half forward flank. Strong one-on-one contest there. And taking it is, well, guess who? Katie Brennan. She's 55 metres out from home. You said she's got a big boot on her. I don't think she can kick from 55, but I'm interested to see if she goes long or short, had the lead on at uh, 40 metres out from goal, decided to go uh, towards the hope direction, ignored Pierce cleans up there for the Melbourne side, kicks it out towards the wing on the city side of the ground, tough one-on-one contest, trying to pick it up is Renee Fourth, had some support there, Pierce who ran up the ground, decides to kick it up towards the half-board flank, now they're on here, here's one bounce, will they elect for the second, it's not, it's Hutchins oh, to go towards the forward line, the kick was originally meant for Harris, but the lack of communication sees the doggies Hustles some forces with Simpson, who cleans up in the last line of defence, but only as far as the woman who kicked it in, in Chelsea Randall. Randall, she was cleaned up after she kicked the last ball inside 50. She wasn't too happy about it, so she chased the next contest very, very hard and with plenty of vigour. She goes sideways to Swanson, conceding ground. 70 from home, right half forward, right half forward, Swanson. Stutters, stops, and then kicks one up and under towards about 35 out. Pack forms at the base of it is Blackburn. She handballs, fakes, feigns one way, then gives it towards the boundary line, up towards the, the top of the goal square. Chance for Sissy. She couldn't take the mark off the Ooh. ground. Might have been touched through. Sissy Dunn, will she claim the goal? No review here. Sissy Dunn gets the goal. And not happy at all on the line was Beck Privatelli. Clearly had a hand on it. But the goal stands and Melbourne moved clear. 2-2-14 to the Bulldogs. 1-1-7. Yeah, great little setup there from Alicia Eva. Just knew to kick it to the hot spot. Um, look, admittedly, I think Melbourne got a touch lucky there. Watching their forward line, there's, there's not a whole lot of movement. Um, so would like to see them getting their, their prominent leading forwards coming out a bit more. But uh, really created something out of nothing there. 
And uh, Annie's with a greater girl from the Northern Territory, which is just a, a starting competition out that way. She's able to go back now and say, I kicked a goal in Etihad Stadium. Absolutely. Um, it's a priceless experience. It's Melbourne just it just gets pumped out of the middle. Yeah, hacked, you guys. It, hacked it straight out. Sissy Dunn was lurking around, but just waiting off the side of the pack. Will she take a bounce? No, right in and kick the goal. It's number two for Kelly Gibson. How did she get that much land? And that's sort of the space that we're talking about. You know, once you get the girls to, to reset up in, their, in the positions that they need to be in, and they don't all sort of crunch in together. You get that space and run, and, you know, absolutely beautiful goal. Great finish there. That's twice that's happened so far, hasn't it, Harrington, for Kelly Gibson? One in one pocket, one in the other pocket, where she's had a good 30 or 40 metres around. Whoever's mar marching her just isn't standing next to her and giving her too much room. Well, she just looks like she's got pace to burn, and what I really like was well, she seemed to double up on the goal celebration. I think she went for the exact same one. She's really <laughs> pumped up. And Consistency. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she might have to get some variation if she can get three and four. Freaky in the middle now going to the Bulldogs it'll go the way of Emma Kearney she kicks up towards half forward in search of Brennan over her head she then gathers again around the ankles kick towards the pocket Melbourne do have the numbers can they clear from out the back they attempt through Miller she's under the pump pursued over there by Kerrick that half forward for the Bulldogs will have a bounce about five metres in from the boundary line. They're trailing by 13 points. We've played 16 minutes in the exhibition game, and it has been hellful ever so far. And Melbourne with a dominating lead, and there's the uh, big slap forward, if you don't mind, from Watton, and it goes close to the boundary line and will eventually go out. Probably about 65 metres out from goal. If you just joined us, Melbourne 3-2-20, Western Bulldogs 1-1-7. In the second exhibition match, as the ball is to be thrown back into play, once again, Spark versus Watton. Watton won the tap out. Ball close towards the boundary line, looking for Hooker to try and pick it up. Boundary line will beat her once again, and ball is out. I was going to say, Hooker was the one who, who got knocked over on the, the last goal for, for Gibson. I think it was Randall, who's seen in years. And it was a good 7 to 10 metres off the ball, but it was a shepherd nonetheless, Peter. It was good to see. Just looking at here, Melbourne just getting so many numbers back defensively. They're really congesting it and making it hard for the Bulldogs to get that space. Um, Maybe Ruzi having his impact. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> the ball's kicked out towards half-back for the Ds. It might have gone over the line on the full. I think it has. It'll be a free kick to the Bulldogs. About 75 from home. Boom Long to the hotspot. It was a huge kick from Astro O'Connor. Top of the goal square. Back of the pack, kick towards goals, just missed to the narrow side. Didn't pick up who that was down there. Yeah, I think, I think it was Mo Hope, Hope down yeah. there doing some groundwork. Should have picked that up from the little ponytail that she's <laughs> got. And just the one behind as Melbourne will look to clear and bounce very, very quickly here, Pete. And they had the ball and they've decided to work it wide towards the city side of the ground, calling out for a Chelsea Randall. Slipped at the crucial moment, had White on her, but they should get up cleverly. Her kick, though, let her down and taking it across is Ali Blackburn coming off the half-back line. Comes towards the middle, O'Connor will be paid, shopping of the arms. And O'Connor, the captain of the Bulldogs, decides to get on the right. Almost skewed off the side of the boot, but it managed to find her teammate out there. And if I'm correct from there, I think it's Edwards who's got it and decides to come back in board. Ooh. Kick's got to be good and take Taking a mark, Katie Brennan wanted to spin around and give off the quick hand pass. No one to go to. Got on the left, went towards the hotspot, 40 metres out from goal, but uh, just no one home. And taking it there is Bentley for the Melbourne side. Decides to go straight oh. down the corner. Look out! 
That's two players colliding heavily. Randall has just flattened her opponent Quite on the way thing. through. No love lost there. And then they another high one. Chopping of the arms. Free kick going the way of Rene Forth. Forth has the ball half forward flank. Here's the uh, voice from behind. Gives off the hand pass. Long kicking towards the forward line. Leading out towards the pocket. One, two, binds the cherry. Couldn't hold it. Squeak McWilliams. Had to give off the hand pass. Going backwards to Alicia Eva. And Eva decides to come back towards the half forward flank position. It's crisscrossing. Whoop, an easy one just dropped there. Trying to pick it up now, Ali Blackburn. Nearly ran into trouble. Sold some candy. Blackburn, 45 metres out from goal. Tries oh. to square it up. McWilliams was in the meat and the sandwich. Randell, corner opponent. Randell, 2 on 1. Did you kick it off the back of the hill? She did. She did. <laughs> Jeez, I, I think really got another lucky goal there from Melbourne. There's a lot of um, disorganisation in their forward line. It's great to see them really, you know, scrapping until they get it over the line. But uh, I think we saw one of the Melbourne players spoil our own girl there. So um, Yeah, Harrison McWilliams ran into each other, two blondes. You know, great that they got it through. And I think their forward line pressure is great in keeping it in there. Um, let's see them uh, get themselves organised now and, and just try not to take each other out, I think. Let's My not. goodness, she did a David Villa. It was the it was the back heel. It was definitely on. It was the, the Matty Lloyd from a few years ago, hey? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And when any left footer does it, though, it looks awkward. <laughs> Ball out of the centre of the ground. Astro Connor, she decided to go with the volleyball spike. But the clearance will come for Melbourne. Pierce up towards half forward. McWilliams in a bit of space. Takes the mark. 60 from home. She then gets on the right, goes in towards the pocket. Not a great kick in the end, although it did carry the pack. A chance for Harris. She snaps towards the top of the goal square. Couldn't get enough on it. Ball will be killed in the pocket and by White. And we'll have a throw in 10 around from Melbourne's attacking goal. And that's LJ Moorcroft uh, just back in there who got crunched before. So you know she's always just going to shake that dust off and get back up again. Ball back into play. McWilliams had front posse. Slapped to the ground. The umpire says that, that is quarter time. Straight 20-minute quarters here at Eddie Had Stadium. And it is Melbourne 4-2-26, leading the Western Bulldogs 1-2-8. We'll get the stats that matter in a moment. But first of all, their thoughts on the first term. Anna Harrington and Ashley By. I think what really sums it up is Melbourne just looking so clean in the midfield. But as Ash has mentioned multiple times, that forward line is just not structuring up well. Melbourne are ahead but that's probably just because they're getting the ball in there a lot more but really quite scrappy early on yeah I mean look I think Melbourne are still doing the right things they're popping the ball up to the hot spot and, and they're working hard and they're getting lucky um, you know the harder the work the, lu uh, the lucky they, the luckier they get um, you know would love to see some more structure but at the end of the day as long as they're popping it up into that really dangerous spot and giving their girls half a chance uh, the scoreboard speaks for itself yeah it just seems to be as well particularly in the Melbourne forward line greater intensity hmm. Yeah, they're really working hard to, to lock it in. And I think, um, you know, that's the job of a good forward line, to not only kick goals, but make sure that you're, you're keeping the ball in there and giving your forwards as many chances to kick a goal as you can. And one thing we have talked about quite a bit is the huge space that you've got playing at Eddie Have. We know uh, the VWFL Premier Division, there's not that many really big grounds. Um, playing down in our lower divisions, like we play on a ground this big every week, but in Premier Division, they don't. So it's interesting to see some of these girls really adapt to it. And it's interesting, the main beneficiary of that has has been Gibson, who plays over in WA, managing to snag a couple of goals. I think it's going to be interesting to see who can work the space better as the game goes on, use a bit of pace and um, manage to free up their players from the contest. Because at the moment, it's Melbourne that are managing to really congest um, the play when it gets into the defensive half of the ground. Well, the stats that matter, Dan Hill. Well, mate, the stats that matter really don't tell much of a story in, until you interpret them the way you will. But the inside 30s are, are even, five each. Uh, Mark's inside 30 is only one to Melbourne, 
we haven't really seen too many marks inside the attacking zone despite the five goals. Obviously, the one goal to Mo Hope came from 40, 45 out, and the other goals to Melbourne, as mentioned by Ash, have been pretty scrappy and hacks towards the square and, and that sort of thing. Uh, the centre breaks are 4-2 to two, Melbourne's way, and the rebound 50s 3-0 to zero, uh, Melbourne's way, which just tells you that Melbourne are bouncing off half-back much better than their, their Bulldog opponents, and that's perhaps... Why they, uh, why they lead the game is their movement inside the attacking zone. As Ash mentioned, it's probably not clean once it gets there, but if you can smash it in there enough times, you can create a few opportunities. Let's take an opportunity to take a break. It's quarter time here in the AFL Women's Exhibition match, and it's Melbourne 4-2-26, leading the Western Bulldogs 1-2-8. Social events, corporate events, birthdays, parties, weddings, music for the masses... DJs, live musicians, you set the date, we'll set the mood. Music for the masses, 1-800-4-MUSIC. 1-800-4-MUSIC. Music for the masses. Live across the web, this is the VWFL Radio.com. Match of the day. Welcome back to Eddie Had Stadium quarter time and Melbourne 4-2-26 leading the Western Bulldogs 1-2-8 here on VWFLradio.com. You've got Peter Holden, Daniel Hill, Ashley Bayer and Anna Harrington with you in commentary. And a reminder, of course, on VWFL Radio, we do every Sunday a women's match and the occasional Saturday game. Next Sunday, we're out at Tin Alley for Melbourne Uni versus the St Kilda Sharks. That should be a ripping contest. Join us next Sunday at uh, 1.30 for that one. But we're almost... Uh, ready to get underway for this uh, second term. And the man to lead us off in commentary is Daniel Hill. So Harris has been moved into the ruck uh, for Melbourne, which is a little bit of a, a change-up. And also the woman who's on fire, Kelly Gibson, she's been thrown into the middle for the Ds. They lead by 18 points as the umpire throws the ball up. O'Connor with the volleyball spike again, only as far as Gibson. She wheels and deals and then gets a handball away. A poor one in the end towards Bowers. Ball in dispute, hacked forward by fourth. She couldn't come up with it. Turnover. Chance for the Bulldogs. If they can get it clear, they can't. Going through there was Pierce. Had it. Lost it. Now under the pump, Kerrick. She's dumped. Ball on the outer wing. Back to Pierce. Conceding ground. She looks completely the wrong way. Good kick in the end. Smart footy. And she finds Bree White on the back of the square. And decides to get on the right boot and come back in board. And this is where she finds Ali Blackburn. Centre wing. Blackburn decides to go right in towards the middle of the ground. Dunn decided to go in that contest. Came off her hands. Chance the D's here with a running player through. And Caitlin Ashmore. Oh. Then he ran into trouble. Good shepherd put on there by Harris. Here's the kick towards the forward line. Strong grab. And from 40 metres out from goal, Courtney Gum. And look, that is the Caitlin Ashmore trademark she um, you know, just a little light step around her player and just create something out of nothing. So, Gum from 40 metres out from goal. It puts a bit of a hook onto it right at the top of the square. Comes off hands. Will it go through for a minor score? It will. And it's just escorted through. And that means Melbourne 4-3-27. The Bulldogs 1-2-8. Well, we didn't get a goal there, but that's exactly what you imagine they would have been talking about at quarter time. Melbourne huddle. We were saying how they weren't necessarily so effective going inside 50, but that was perfect. Just hit up the leading target. And yeah, they didn't get a goal this time. But if they do that over and over, the Bulldogs won't be able to stop it. So from the, the resulting kick out, it's a little scrimmage in the forward pocket and in the end it goes to the Bulldogs. They get a free kick in their left back pocket. Going to go long, does, to the outer side in search of, in front there was Vessio. She couldn't come up with a mark. The D's again with the numbers at the back of the pack. But the Bulldogs, they hold firm. A chance in there for Brennan. She jumps on top of it. 
Been at the base of plenty of packs today. And also in there was Gibson, who's had leather poisoning so far. She's got the two goals to her name. And we'll have a ball up 60 from the Melbourne goal. Ball back up in the air again. O'Connor won that one. Taken out there by Kearney. Kearney got to try and weave through. Stripped out of her hands. Coming through was Harris. Harris tried to uh, gave up the hand pass. Did so successfully. Blackburn popped it up towards the hot spot. 30 metres out oh, from the goal. Mark. Good grab. Good strong grab. Guess who? Chelsea Randall, WA's number one player. And Chelsea is playing a very similar game to what she did last year. Uh, really strong in the forward line, taking great contested marks. And I'd uh, like to see her finish here and put it through the big sticks. Randell will be kicking for about 25 metres out on a slight angle. With the white boots, comes on in right she foot kick. It. She liked it as soon as it came <laughs> off the boot. And without question, the Melbourne cheer squad's up and about in the background. And that fakes the D's 5-3-33. Western Bulldogs 1-2-8. Three minutes gone second term on Twitter at VWFL Radio. Hello to Arches Eye, who's usually out at many of the Women's League game, particularly Windenborough. I've noticed him out a few games. He tweeted, he says he's loving the uh, game at the moment. Some fantastic marks and some fantastic bumps. Yeah, Arge, a big supporter of women's footy. Um, gets around plenty of our games and also North Geelong. He's from the area. So, um, yeah, good to see. Gets plenty of photos. And I know the girls from lots of teams love, uh, love the support that he and also Rusty of Rusty's picks give everyone, so it's fantastic. Chance here for the Bulldogs out of the middle. Brennan looks like she's moved into the midfield. A little throw out the back from Pierce. Got away with an umpire wave play on. Mel Hickey, turnover. Chance for the Bulldogs <sighs> through the hands of Spark. Over the back, Hope. Now I think it might be, is it Privatelli who's kicked the goal for the Bulldogs? No, it's O'Day. O'Day. O'Day for the Bulldogs gets the goal out of almost a nothing play. Spark expected to take the mark, got over the back, little bit of a broken play. Hope to O'Day. O'Day kicks the goal from 25. Yeah, really unselfish play by, by Mo. I think, um, you know, she knows that that's a goal she could have kicked, but she's in great company on the ground out there today. Gave the hands off where appropriate um, and, and led, led O'Day straight to the goals. And, and that's strange, isn't it, when you're playing in a game like today, when you are playing at Premier League, you do understand that there may be some players that may not up to be... May not be up to standard so as a player you think you've got to take it upon yourself to take it on where today she's got that comfort where she knows she can hand off the job will be finished yeah you've absolutely got to have faith in your teammates I think I think even at all levels you have to have faith in the people who pull on the same colour jumper as you um, but definitely out there today it's a you know, hugely increased standard of girls I think O'Connor just went up and stuck the knee straight into Harris and then Harris didn't really want to know about the next ruck contest O'Connor won the tap but only as far as Blackburner gets the clearance for Melbourne ball goes out wide and taking the mark and running away was Renee Forth, who's moved up to half forward. She goes long inside the 50. Randall again at the back of the pack. Flew up, couldn't take the mark. Base of the pack. A chance in there for McWilliams. Ball's 50 metres out from goal. Umpire says, we'll ball it up. Right half forward for the Ds. We've played five minutes in the second term of the exhibition game, which has been an absolute ripper so far, Peter Holden. Indeed it has, and it's right in the Melbourne forward line at the moment. Who can try and get clean hands onto it? In there was done. Umpire pulled out a free kick going the way of the Doggies. And uh, I think Vesio oh. decides to get towards the half-back flank coming by. I think O'Day's popped down in defence. Weaves around, gets the little hand pass across. Hugging dangerously close towards the boundary line. O'Connor tried to keep it alive. Pierce now picks it up. Gets dumped, if you don't mind, by Wood. Thrown into the ground. It's fierce out there. Don't worry about that, folks. And the umpire was just going to have to call for a ball up in the end. A bit of a traffic jam. Blackburn jumping over the top and uh, on uh, centre wing on the traditional broadcast side of the ground. O'Connor gives the ball back to the umpire and will get underway once again. Coming through, there's the big punch and uh, gains about 10 metres and goes straight over the boundary line and out of bounds. So I'll throw it in right in front of the Melbourne coaching bench. 
And, and, and I guess an unusual thing to see, which you normally wouldn't see in the normal AFL match, you've got all the coaches and all the players not sitting on the bench, Standing up and about, up. right up against the boundary line. That's how into the game they are. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's almost like the last minute in, a, in an NBA game seven. They're all standing right on the on the touchline, if you will, right up next to the boundary. The ball comes out now again for Melbourne, winning those 50-50s. Inside 50 from Swanson. Ball at the base now for McWilliams. She gets the handball away. In fact, it was the other blonde. It was uh, it was Harris down there. Ball towards the top of the goal square now for the Ds. Base of the footy, falls to the front. No crummers, though, for the Ds. And the Bulldogs, they'll have the numbers in the back line and a chance to clear. And that's what they did. They went across from Arnold to Privitelli. He went long towards looking for O'Connor on the half-back flank. but went over the boundary line and out of bounds. And at the moment, Anna Harrington, it doesn't seem the Bulldogs are able to find any clean run at all. No, they really had a good opportunity there. They had the numbers. Uh, they had a bit of space. But Melbourne just managed to work their numbers over onto that wing and just made things all of a sudden really difficult. And uh, you just felt like the options were drying up for the Dogs. And again, it's Melbourne with all the numbers here at their half-forward line. And Harris wearing the wood tag at the moment and Wood just brought it to ground and the umpire says a little too harsh there and that will be a free kick and it'll be going the way of the D's and this time with Bree White so White for Melbourne decides to go towards the half forward line backing back there and taking the mark is the player with Renee Fourth Fourth up against the boundary line 48 metres out oh, goal and taking a strong mark there Harris. it looks like it's Taylor Harris and she'll be lining up for goal from about 25 metres out on a slight angle uh, yeah, I don't think this one will be any problems for her. I love Sarah nail it, but a really strong contestant mark in the air. And Melbourne definitely have it over the doggies in the forward line now with that marking. And uh, and she has. She's put it through. No surprises there. Um, you know, like we said before, if Melbourne can sort out their forward line, they can um, probably start to look a bit cleaner. And I think they've done that in the second quarter. Well, one thing we were talking about in that first quarter, Ash, um, Harris, obviously a very young player. Um couple of times just a bit of miscommunication between her and McWilliams with those marking contests so getting in each other's way there it looked like her and Randall were going up for it Harris was going nut this one's mine I'm going to take it and with that sort of assertive contested mark she's really really establishing herself here ball back in the center of the ground thrown up O'Connor won the tap yet again against Wooten this time the clearance will be with the Bulldogs for the first time in a while. They'll look to work it forward through the agency of Kearney. She goes up towards half forward. Little fist away over the back from Ashmore. She couldn't then come up with a footy. And the ball hits the ground and the umpire says, I'll have it. Just left half forward for the Bulldogs. They're in attack for the first time in a while. They've been absolutely under the cosh in the last few minutes from the Ds who have been in everything. At the back Brennan got a little handball away. A chance there for, I think it might have been Hooker. She got it forward although a turnover and Melbourne will look to clear again and switch the play. And uh, that's what they do through Daisy Pierce, 30 metres out from defensive goal, decides to go back from whence Ooh. it came. It was an awkward-looking kick from her, which is very rare. Phillips tries to get onto it, gets Polax in the way of Swanson coming through, trying to keep it alive for the doggies there. Katie Brennan is lurking about. She can't pick up a clean possession. Calling for it out the back oh. there. Looked like it was Bree White, stripped of the football. Doggies a chance here. Smother kick while they're looking for Stephanie Simpson. Blackburn had it, and Blackburn went up the line, sliding in to take the mark there is Sissy Dunn. 
and done from Alice Springs in the Northern Territory decides to get on the right boot good foresight coming at it but couldn't hold it with Squeak McWilliams calls it for it back instead it went to a teammate Nemo Swanson Swanson went up the line but it didn't go too far chance for Spark to send it back for the doggies that's a great kick floated straight across the pack but coming in to lay a tackle there is Caitlin Ashmore and the umpire says G-O-N-E gone and they're off here through Danelle and she goes up towards half forward although outnumbered is Randell two to one the chance for the Bulldogs if they can be clean Paxman just fell over the footy in the end couldn't come up with it and then laying across the top was Brooke White and the umpire will be forced to call for it. So well done by Randell on that occasion because they were in plenty of trouble, the Bulldogs. Interesting to see Daisy Pierce down at full back who was matched up on Mo Hope there for a little while, I guess just keeping her accountable, um, realising she uh, will get taken up the other way if she doesn't... Um have a bit of defensive pressure or offensive pressure in that forward 50. Free kick off the ball and a Melbourne kick from 50 metres out from goal. Oh. Tries to square it up and coming through strong hands 35 metres out from goal and directly in front once again Taylor Harris. Yeah, Taylor Harris is really in the mix at the moment. She's leading to all the right spots, and you notice she's barely had a kick from a tough angle. So you know that she's getting herself to the right spot. And uh, kick is on his way and straight through the middle. So is, is that two or three for Harris now? I think it might be three because I was missing one in my sheet. We'll double-check that at halftime, but it could be the third. Definitely two this quarter. Um, she is just absolutely crucial at the moment to the Melbourne uh, Demons, just hitting that scoreboard over and over again. So Melbourne, 7-3-45. The Western Bulldogs, 2-2-14. Uh, Anna Harrington, it seems to be a runaway train at the moment for the D's. How are the doggies going to stop it? Well, they just need to work the space better in the midfield. Melbourne have been the team that have congested in all the right areas and then allowed their runners to get out into 20, 30 metres of space and use their pace. And uh, it just... Um well, really, they just need to win the ball out of the middle because now Melbourne have fixed up their forward structure. They can't really rely on rebounding just off half-back. They need to start maybe mixing it up, getting a few other players in and around the clearances and trying to uh, exploit the Ds going the other way. So Sparks moved into the ruck. She flew up, but taking it away was Zelk, the clean takeaway for the Ds. Inside her, attacking 50 over the back. Couldn't take the mark. Carrick had it lost. It probably should have been paid the mark. Umpire wave play on, and instead we'll get a bounce 30 metres out from Melbourne's attacking goal who have absolutely dominated this game so far. The Bulldogs in some serious trouble. They need to get the next one you would think at this stage. Ball up and down again and we'll have another ball up. 25 out. Let's see if we can clear the footy from that position because again the ball deep inside Melbourne's attacking zone. Flying up Spark. Won it out. Also coming through there was, was uh, Taylor Harris the goal kicker. And again, we get another scrum style and we'll have the ball 15 out. Gaining a little bit of ground, the Ds. It'll be tossed up. Ball tossed up again. Bulldogs, a chance to clear. It's a, effectively a one-on-one -on -one out wide. Steph Simpson, she gathers the footy. Couldn't come up with it. Ashmore at the back, gathers it. Gets on the right peg. Kicks inside the attacking 50. And the umpire's and pinned her, I think, running too far. Too far, running about 15 metres. Well, we know uh, we know she can run, but... Uh, <laughs> that I was harsh. I don't know if that was too far. <laughs> that, was, that was the harshest yeah, decision yeah, I've seen. And, and Hooker gets the resulting free kick. I, I wonder if it goes back to junior footy, if one side's running away with it too much. Yeah, I was going to say. Just a few easy ones <laughs> picked out for the side that's behind. Conspiracy theory. Just to keep the spectacle alive. As Blackburn gets on the right boot, going up the wing, finds Great. Randall, who takes the mark. She's a long way out from home, though. She's a good 60 metres out. Decides to swing around. 
around a low flat button towards the forward line. Picked up off the carpet by O'Connor. O'Connor decided to go for a hand pass. Bit of a loose one. Picked up by Sparky. Lauren Spark decides to come back in board. Don't know who she was heading for. I think she was looking for Chiochi, but it went over her head. It was just a swarm of Ds, and they kick it in towards the forward line. 40 metres out, flying through Randall. Couldn't hold it. Ball hit the ground. She's over the top of it, and the umpire comes in, blows the whistle, oh. and says, I don't think it was going to be for Holden, but she says, in the back, Chelsea Randall will have a shot on goal. She wanted to give it off. She didn't even know it was her for a kick, but she'll be lining up 30 metres out directly in front. Yeah, another kick. Spot on in front from the Ds. Um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea nails this one, but uh, the Dogs are in a lot of trouble. They really need to sort out their back line and, um, and figure out who's accountable for these girls who are taking great marks and getting the right position. Rendell looking for her third, comes off the side of the boot and will be uh, going through between the big stick and the little stick, and that means it's a minor score. I was going to say, Ash, I was getting sick of you not having the commentator's curse. You called the last six straight through. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it'd bite me eventually. 7-4-46 Melbourne, the Western Bulldogs 2-2-14. So the ball's kicked out of defence for the Bulldogs. They managed to clear the 50, but then the, the pack forms and again we'll have a ball up spark at the base of that and she'll fly up in the ruck here she might have been pushed in the back umpire waves play on wooden at the base of this also in there was was fourth who's moved to half forward seem to be rotating the midfielders a fair bit melbourne knowing that this game will start to uh start to fatigue as, as we get towards the third and fourth quarters and taking it straight out of the contest here. I think that's Haynes having a shot on goal to wait to the right. And will be a minor score. It was Gibson, Gibson in fact. fact and yeah, the uh, pocket player who uh, kicked two goals on the burst in the first term. The kick out from uh, full back. I don't know who that was directed for, but it was sloppy. And it could create a turnover here. Oh, 35 metres out from goal. Going in there to his fourth. Had to get a hurried hand pass out. Had support there from Bowers. Umpire blows the whistle and says that will be a free kick going the way of Renee Forth. Yeah, against against Brooke White for holding on. A long way off the ball too. Yeah, fourth, 50 metres out from goal. Finds a player standing all by herself. And that's uh, Emma Zelke from Queensland. And she'll be lining up for goal from around about uh, 40 to 45 metres out. Uh, uh, probably on a slight angle. But Anna Harrington, I think the distance will trouble her. Yeah, I think Zelke's been really impressive today. Um, we'll just see her come in with her approach. Pretty steady. She's going to back herself in here. Hooks the kick. Um, but it looks like it does actually have the distance. So there you go. Maybe wound it up a little bit more and lost a bit of the accuracy because of that. But Zelke's been quite impressive today, I think. Roaming through the midfield. I think she's got a couple of assists in there. Just really working hard to hit up those forward targets and managed to sneak in there herself. So uh, that's pretty valuable for Melbourne if their midfielders have the engine to push forward and create a little bit of uh, danger in that 50 themselves. Well, back in the middle of the ground now after that point and Bowers picked it up, tried to go quickly across to Watton, who was a hot potato for her. Oh. Had to try and get rid of it nearly sold her teammate up the creek now stripped out of it by by Caulfield umpire said it's okay Super play on all in the middle of the ground calling for it Melissa Hickey Hickey tried to take on the player there and Paxman managed to burst the tackle there is Blackburn Blackburn goes for the hot spot it just went out the back door in the contest Haynes picks it up can she keep her feet being tackled at the same time by Walding they scream for holding the ball the umpire says having none of it and going to ball it up right at the top of the goal square for the D's well in control in the match here in the uh, air at Eddie had stadium in the women's exhibition match. Vasio is going to see it through for a minor score and that will move across Melbourne 7-7-49. The Western Bulldogs 2-2-14. 35 points of difference, nearly 17 minutes gone second term. So again the restart for the Bulldogs. They've actually been pretty good from the, the kick-in 
Although it's the next kick that's the issue. It's Vicio. She takes the mark. Here tries we go to again. clear outside the 50. And, and exactly right, she, Pete. She had a player shorter at 20 metres out. Went for the longer one-on-one. -on -one and there's the turnover. Randell back inside attacking 50 for Melbourne. Couldn't hold the mark in there. Was gum. Ball 30 out from Melbourne's attacking goal. Pack forms around it. And the umpire will call for it. We'll do have you, another bounce. Do you think, Ash, that the Bulldogs need to just chip, do some short chip kicks, try and get some possession football going, actually hang on to the ball and build a little confidence first? Yeah, absolutely. I think they need to try and starve Melbourne of it and, and get all their girls touching the ball and uh, and just settle down a bit. Um, you know, uh, as was pointed out before, there was a shorter kick option uh, and, they, and they tried to go long. So, you know, make some better decisions and just get their hands on the footy. Ball back inside, attacking 50 for the Ds. But again, I think the Bulldogs are starting to put a few behind it. But a poor clearing kick was partially smothered. But the Bulldogs do have the numbers on the commentary side wing. There's a ball scrubbed along the ground by Paxman. And now the numbers are for Melbourne. If you've got the numbers in your defence, you know the numbers are going to be somewhere else. And it's all Melbourne. Wooten goes out wide. Bowers back in board. Good kick. Chance for Melbourne to build. On the wing, Hickey. She's a good user of the footy, a great decision maker as well. And she decides, we're going to go short, we're going to slow things down. And she finds Swanson. Going long just over the head there of Miller. Couldn't judge it properly. Bulldogs send it back from whence it came. But guess who's at home? It's Hickey who's starting to pick up a lot of the footy. And Hickey between uh, half-back flank and centre wing on our broadcast side. Decides to come back in board. Now it's been cut off. Now they need clean possession here. Shotchio couldn't quite hang on to it. Looking for Brennan. Brennan, who the uh, hair ties come undone, so it's flowing through. He goes long, trying to find the target and hope, but it was cut off. Marking her was uh, Kirby Bentley. And Bentley goes towards the half-back flank. Oh, slapped out of her hands at the crucial moment by Phillips, who kept it alive. Phillips goes back towards the hotspot. Two doggies players leading out. They nearly collide. It's Hope that gets it. Hope kicks on the right boot. Bouncing. Will it go the right way? Great Hope. Great goal there by Mo. She, uh, you know, should should have taken the mark, but it was great to see her follow up and pick up her own ball and uh, and, and snap on the right leg. Um, not much of a chance that she was going to miss that one. That's sort of bread and butter for Mo. Yeah, and I, I say she's mercurial, isn't she? Oh, when she handled that last one, yeah. you were wondering why she didn't have the well, shot. She's very creative. And I was worried as well, Anna, because O'Day was coming at the exact same spot at the exact same time. I thought, oh, no, we're going to have a collision here. Yeah, it looked very close to it, and that could as well have been why Hope dropped the mark. Just that, It just takes a little thing to come in to your peripheral vision you can be distracted but to her credit the follow-up was great and it's a goal against the momentum Melbourne have been having all the possessions that just took one little fast break and all of a sudden the Bulldogs can have a little bit of a sniff again heading towards half time for some reason Bowers was spare on the wing at that stoppage and then Melbourne will get an easy takeaway and kick up towards Sissy Dunn and she takes a mark by herself as a siren sound and she kicked in exactly the same motion it was very very unfortunate she has a raw smile on her face It'll be no score to Melbourne despite the mark being taken in the goal square, but I think it might have been Harris. But at half time, it is Melbourne 7 7 49, leading the Bulldogs 3 2 20. It's been all Melbourne, the Bulldogs with it all to do. Ash, bye. Oh, gee, sorry, you caught me at the wrong moment there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just going to say, I think. Um I saw Mel Caulfield in, in trouble over here with uh, a, a little bit of an injury scare, I think. And when she rotated off, I think that left a bit of a gap there that was um, a little bit untimely and really gave Melbourne sort of one last shot there. And so then another gap, the double gap. Lucky the siren beat yes. them. Um, would love to see the doggies sort of come out and, and um, you know get their, get their communication going a bit more in the second half and put some more goals on the board. So I say the packs went a little bit close to each other as they were walking off the ground. There wasn't any jumper punching there, was there? Oh, <laughs> no, no love lost there. Uh, a lot of these guys 
girls are going to put the same colours on together next week, so I think they'll be very ginger with each other at half-time. And uh, Anna Harrington, I guess the positive for the Doggies, despite losing that term, is they got the last goal just coming into half-time, so that gives them some hope. Absolutely. It takes the margin to under five goals, which mentally is just, you know, it just takes away a little bit of a hurdle. Um, They know that Melbourne have been dominating the possession, so still to get that goal at the end going against the swing of things is really encouraging. And they can go in at halftime, have a chat, work out what they need to fix up and know that, you know, it's not an unattainable lead they can they can get back into this game and and it just shows that i mean 10 goals in the first half with no real fatigue in the game with six on the bench for each players are going to tire you can score quickly on this on this big ground well let's have a look at the goal kickers uh, at half time for the d's it's two edge to harris gibson and randall one to dunn for the doggies it's two to hope and one for o'day before we hit our half time break uh, dan hill your stats that matter well the stats that matter finally had an impact in that that quarter and and they reflect the way the game's been flowing uh, the only rebound 50 for the quarter actually went the way of the bulldogs and that's because the ball was down their end for the pretty much the, the entirety of that quarter and the one rebound 50 they got resulted in the Mo Hope goal. Uh, the centre breaks 4-1 to one, Melbourne's way in that quarter. Um, the marks inside 30, huge in that quarter for Melbourne. That was the difference and that's why they've got this big lead. They started taking the marks inside 30, kicking plenty of goals. They, they took 5 to the Bulldogs 1. Uh, and the inside 30s, Melbourne had 13 and the Bulldogs only had 4. So huge discrepancy there. Definitely played at uh, Melbourne's end of the ground in that quarter. Social events, corporate events, birthdays, parties, weddings, music for the masses, DJs, live musicians. You set the date, we'll set the mood. Music for the masses, 1-800-4-MUSIC. 1-800-4-MUSIC. Music for the masses. Live across the web. This is the VWFLRadio.com. Match of the day. Indeed it is. It's not just any ordinary match of the day. It, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, AFL Women's Exhibition match, the second one. We're here at Etihad Stadium, and we can tell you the score at the moment at halftime is Melbourne 7-7-49, leading the Western Bulldogs 3-2-20. If you've just joined us, goal kickers for Melbourne, two each to Taylor Harris, Kelly Gibson and Chelsea Randell, and one to uh, Sissy Dunn. For the Bulldogs, it's two to Mona Hope and one to Elise O'Day. In commentary, Peter Holden, Daniel Hill... Ashley By and Anna Harrington, umpires on the ground, the Melbourne side out early. Uh, ladies, we were just chatting uh, off air during halftime about the difference between the sides, and I think the key word we can use, uh, Ash, is communication. Yeah, um, you know, Melbourne's really dominated that first half, and it looks like um, certainly in the second quarter they, their forward line is managing to communicate really well and, um, you know, determining who's going to go up and, and if there is a pack going up, just ensuring that everyone knows their role and is playing their role in that pack and, you you know, whether they're going up for the mark or, or staying down to gather the crumbs, their communication across the field does, uh, you know, seem to look a bit better at the moment. Got some cleaner hands and they're getting some good possession at the moment too. And with that, Anna Harrington, the byproduct of that is they get space and the spread is on more frequently. Absolutely. And we saw in that second quarter their forward line was functioning a lot better. They've consistently been able to get plenty of space um, on the wings and heading into the um, forward 50. 
but before they weren't able to really hit up those targets. Now the forwards have got a bit more communication happening. They're leading well, leading really strongly actually. And those midfielders are just getting a bit of space. When you've got space, it means you've got that extra bit of time and you've got that composure and you can hit up a target. And that's just been the difference. Whereas when the Bulldogs um, have the footy, it's constantly congested because Melbourne are running so hard both ways to clog up the space. And when you don't have that time, you're going to turn it over. And that's why they've not been able to get it forward so consistently as Melbourne. And uh, Ash, as uh, we wait for the Bulldogs side to come out and begin this um, second half, what changes do the Doggies have to make to try and create something? Um, uh, space. I think space is the main thing. Um, you know, they've got some great kickers there. You know, get the ball into the hands of the likes of sort of, um, you know, Emma Carney. Asta's been just delivering some great balls into the forward line. Um, you know, Mo is a great target in the forward line, and that's Mo Hope. Um, she will make something out of nothing, but they really need to create space out on the wings. They're having a lot of trouble getting it beyond the halfback flank, um, and I think that's also a, a little bit to do with their runs. So they need to get their girls spreading wide um, and uh, create more opportunities for their halfback flankers to look up and actually see some blue jumpers. Yeah, and just on that, Ash, we're talking about Mo Hope being a great forward target. Katie Brennan is the player we were all talking about coming into this match, but often because um, it's been so, you know, so for so much of this match has been in Melbourne's forward 50, she's getting dragged up the ground. Do you maybe look at her playing a little bit deeper, creating another target. So if you do get out on a bit of a break, you have a secondary target. You're not just looking for hope all the time. And speaking of space, she hasn't been in space at all. Even on her own half-back line, she's tackled straight away. So there's clearly been a focus there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look getting as many um, players around that forward line as they can, um, but, but also, you, you know, using those running players um, sort of from the wing onwards to get that ball moving. I think as well, once they've got the ball in their hands, they just need a little bit more confidence in themselves. Take a few risks. Um, take the game on. You know, you're only going to get one shot or, you know, for some of these girls, a couple of shots to play a game like this. Um, you know, they are naturally skilled players, so I think they also need to back themselves and start running with the ball. Well, Ash, you and I were talking at the start of this game... Um when we went over the list, it was the Bulldogs that we were talking about as having that pace and the ability to break the lines. And we thought it was going to be them that would use the space better and run into it. Can they take something out of this? Say, look, we've got these players. They can run. We just need to give them the opportunity, get those handballs out, and maybe we can start to create something. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see how the second half shapes up. Well, the players are starting to uh, get into position to begin the second half here on VWFLradio.com. It's quarter past 11. It's a 29-point lead to the Melbourne side over the Western Bulldogs as the uh, senior AFL men starts to leave the ground. Their game kicking off at 10 past 1. And to get us underway once again for the second half, Dan Hill. So all in readiness here is at the edge of the, the circle. It's, uh, I think it might have been Pierce and also Natalie Wood doing a little bit of jostling on the edge of the circle. Ball tossed up to start the third term. Winning the tap was Wooten. Came back to her by hand. Pierce went in to grab it. She didn't have a teammate ready for her. Kerrick went in, laid the tackle. And we'll have a secondary ball up right inside the, the little ring. Just tossed up again. Knocked out again by Wooten, who's got her hand on it a couple of times early. Kick forward by O'Connor. Landing in the arms of O'Day. Ran to 50. Little ball over the top. Brennan couldn't take the mark. Deep into attack for the Bulldogs. Melbourne defending grimly. They managed to lock it up 20 metres out from their, their defensive goal. And we'll have another bounce. And it is Melbourne leading the way by 29 points. Early stages, third term. 
Ball fell into space and they uh, try to get a hurry kick through Wooten who decides to go long and uh, her kick around the corner saw a mark taken there by Eva who gave up the hand pass, the running player coming through Ashmore. and Lashmore goes long, Whoop, collected there was uh, the player McWilliams who went up for it, tried to uh, get her opponents by the shorts but she got away in the nick of time, got the hand pass over the top to Louise Stevenson, Stevenson goes towards the centre half forward position taking the mark and turning around on a sixpence there is Stephanie Simpson, goes in towards the hot spot, went out the back door, who kept their feet. Mona Hope is lurking nearby as well. Laser tackle. Ball pop free. Umpire says free kick. Going the way of the D's for holding without the ball. And uh, they will have the ball in relief from the back pocket and uh, trying to sell some candy there. I think it's Bree White who ran around and went towards the uh, respective halfback flank. So Melbourne again with all the numbers flooding across to the broadcast wing. Wooten you would think would be the target. She gets in position. It's her against O'Connor. Wooten at the back. Hands to it. Couldn't take the mark. A chance here for Melbourne as the ball flows in their direction. It gains up towards the wing now. Plenty of players around the footy. There might have been Wood in there and also Gibson. And the umpire says, I'll have it. We'll have a bounce. Just on the attacking side of wing for the Bulldogs as the Wooden hands it back to the umpire and looks again at Astro O'Connor and they'll duel once again. Wooden won it towards the boundary line. And no one was there, so it'll go over the line and out of play, and we'll have a throw in on centre wing. Just having a look, see from that um, that first bounce, um, Wood seems to have been given the job on Daisy Pierce. Uh, try not to give her too much space. And uh, try to get away through on that occasion there was Edwards. Edwards now across to O'Connor. O'Connor goes for the long kick in towards the forward line. Trying to lead out and uh, take the mark there is Brennan. Nearly had her head taken off. The umpire agrees. Says that's a free kick. Brennan gets on the right. Delivers looking for Hope. May have got a little nudge. Umpire said no. Ball popped out the back door. Vasio is there. Couldn't hang on to it. Stephanie Simpson trying to keep it alive. Going with her is Meg Hutchins at the same time. There is Hope. Tries to uh, keep it alive there for the doggies. Couldn't do so. Running up by there for the uh, D's as they swing towards the halfback flank position will come off now with a clear kick towards the wing, running out towards his Paxman though to try and receive for the doggies, she was stripped of the ball at the most crucial moment and the umpire blows the free kick and says the player on the ground for the for Melbourne will get the resulting free kick so now up towards half forward, McWilliams flew up, couldn't take the mark, ball to the back of the pack, almost gathered her own footy, now she'll go back in to lay the tackle, good effort from McWilliams a, a, a third effort she and she'll kick. get the free kick for holding the ball and it was against the one -on -one. Privatelli. It is a one-on-one, -on -one, although she's under the pump and a poor kick. Astro O'Connor manages to get back and take the market half back for the Bulldogs. And now this switch that's on, this is a, a real Darabin trade, and I'm not surprised that Astor looked um, straight across for the switch. Um, and I, I noticed Chochi's just taken it over the line, but if you're going to switch to anyone, it's definitely going to be someone like Choch. Um, she'll pick up the ball and run with it. So I think that was a good decision. It didn't quite come off, but, you know, the doggies have got to take some risks here, and that's how they're going to pull this game apart. And Alicia Eber was right on her hammer on that occasion, taken out there by Swanson, who gave it across to Haynes. Oh. It went to the top of the square. McWilliams had it momentarily going with her as Privatelli, both scraggling for it in the goal square, and the umpire says going nowhere and will call for a uh, throw-up. Privatelli you well to hang on there because there are a couple of D's about it. Oh, and oh spark. no, Spark had just put it straight down the throat of Fourth who snapped but went away for a minus score. That makes Melbourne 7850. The Western Bulldogs 3-2-20, four minutes gone third term. And Renee Force, she couldn't believe her luck when Spark tapped it straight to her. The restart, O'Connor, this is where she should be. It's okay taking the kick outs, but as as my coach always said, son, you've got to be Kerry the target. Now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She'll just slow it down and look to come back in board, you would think. Takes a long time with the kick. Wooden standing on the mark. She has plenty of options inside on the 45, and in the end uses them. Paxman 
made the right lead. Now the ball looking to come to the point of the square. A poor kick, although it's fisted away. Well done. Second effort. A chance here now for Natalie Wood. Runs through the centre. Kick up towards full forward. Ball to the back of the pack. The numbers, though, with Melbourne. If they can... A chance to clear, although again the Bulldogs just winning the 50-50s at this stage. Wood, back of the pack, dumped. Umpire waves play on. Chance to clear here for Kaslar. She gets the handball over the top, Pierce, and Melbourne away along the wing. And that's who Bowers going out and trying to find. Now the player, Chelsea Randall. Randall got two goals so far. Gets on the right. Squeak McWilliams comes out towards it. Wait, the ball bounce instead of going out to take it on the full. Now had it trying to get the hand pass. Throw calls Dan Hill as they go in towards the forward line. Creative, you could say. That's the language the I'd use. Pass. Swanson is there. Trying to go through there. McWilliams got dumped again. O'Connor gets the ball, picked yeah, it up off the carpet, gets on the right boot, goes with a little chip kick and hugging it close towards the pocket, there is Emma Kearney, and Kearney, whoop, kicked it into the player on the mark, ball is loose, who's going to try and pick it up, running on through there is Lauren Arnell, gave it across quickly to Walding and Walding hugging dangerously close to the boundary line, out of bounds of the fall. Just look at one player, Phoebe McWilliams, um She's getting into all the right positions. The ball seems to almost be attracted to her here, but it just seems like she just needs that extra little bit of confidence and she'll be clunking those marks, taking the ball when it's on the ground. Because at the moment she's doing everything right and then just one little maybe lapse of concentration and uh, she's not able to clunk it. So if she can get a bit of confidence up, she could be a real danger player for the Ds. Bulldogs look to go up towards half forward, but again it's Melbourne with numbers back Pierce. behind the footy, and Daisy Pierce all on her own takes an uncontested mark effectively. She goes up towards half forward in search of Gibson. She couldn't take the mark, but gathered her own footy. Poor handball at the side door there to Sissy Dunn. She'll have to go back in after it. The pack forms, and there's another ball up. About 65 out from Melbourne's goal. They're leading by five straight kicks. It's 3-2 plays 7-8. We've played 6.5 in the third term of the Bulldogs-Melbourne exhibition game at Etihad Stadium. Yeah, and I think at the moment, Astro O'Connor really leading from the front for the Doggies. Um, got a bit of a breakaway here for the Dogs uh, on the half-forward flank. And that's Brennan as we speak, who got away from her tag and went long towards the forward line. Simpson tried to make a contest of it, spinning oh, around and having a shot on goal. Guess who? Yeah. Mana Hope's got three. And we did say before that she was a creative player. Uh, commentator's curse has, has still evaded me for a little while, but, uh, you know, once again, nine out of ten times, Mo is going to snap that around the body and nail it, and she has done so. And she was in three or four metres of space, and that's all it needed. That was almost too much. She almost wanted the player to be closer to her for a little bit of extra pressure. And she's got the, the, she's got the swan happening here, the Dane Swan. She's got the uh, armful of tats as well. Yeah, so a bit of ink work going there's a, There's yeah. a few players in the, the VWFL with a bit of ink. Are they a bit scared of them like we are of Swanee in the AFL? We don't uh, want to go too close to them? It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Ball up in the centre of the ground once again. Wooten won the tap. Bulldogs look to have a bit of momentum here after that goal. To be a little bit more up and about. They've probably lacked a bit of energy in the first half. Maybe that will be the spark as O'Connor spiked it forward 30 metres. A chance for Kearney. She's confronted by Donnellan. And then the ball falls to the bottom of the pack and we'll have a bounce. 60 from the Bulldogs attacking goal. They trail by 24 points. And they've just edged their way back into the contest. And we're saying Carney instead of Kearney. There you go. We're getting our lessons here on the commentary box on VWFLradio.com. Why isn't it spelt CA then? I, 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 I did not... No, I, had, I went to... I went don't to, look at me! Don't I went to primary me. school with a girl who had the same thing, and I always wondered. I said, we'll spell it a different way. No, no we'll go with that. 
Well, there we go as the uh, ball is in the middle of the ground and all of a sudden it's Melbourne with the uh, resulting free kick uh, to go to Dunn. Have a shot, Sissy. And Dunn takes it. Uh, she's at the half-forward flank and Dunn decides to go along towards the forward line. Randell got rid of her player. Stepped around one. Oh, no. Stepped around two. Has oh, no. a go. A goal. And just misses. Oh, would have been one for the highlight reels. That one needed a good finish. And that's, that's what we're talking about when we say for the girls to get a bit of confidence. You know, that's the sort of thing that she would do week to week. And she's got the confidence and ability to do that. It's great to see girls taking the game on. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah. Paxman, the restart for the Bulldogs goes very, very wide. And taking a terrific mark over against the boundary line was Carney. She goes up towards the wing. Poor kick in the end. It's four on one favouring the Ds. And taking a good mark was Renee Forth. She's been in everything in this match. Centres it up to Pierce under the pump. From Brennan, took the mark, umpire paid the mark, Brennan dumped her, umpire said get up and get on with it Daisy. And that's what she does, she decides to go short and she taking the mark there is Blackburn, Ali Blackburn in the middle of the ground, sees a player spotted out there on the half forward flank, a little too much juice on it for Gibson, will just get away from her and go over the boundary line and out of bounds, but once again out of Harrington you're finding Gibson space again in that forward pocket, dangerous position. Yeah, she's working really hard and I think that's one thing you can say for the D's forward line, even when everything wasn't necessarily going to plan in that first quarter, they were working hard to make space and it's really paying dividends, even if, yeah, the kick was a little bit overcooked that time um, they've just uh, kept at it and they're going to get another chance here, the D's forward because some of this contested marking from the midfielders has been very impressive. Gums clearing kick off halfback flank only went as far as there was Moorcroft. And Moorcroft tried to get around two, tapped the ball on the ground, got the hand pass, called for the one-two, nearly ran into trouble, had to give a hot potato ball. It's close towards the boundary line and will go out, being seen over by Caitlin Edwards of the Doggies. Thrown in between half forward flank and centre wing on the on the uh, harbour side of the ground. It's Melbourne 7-9-51, the Western Bulldogs 4-2-26. It looks as though Harris has moved back into the ruck for the D's. They get the takeaway towards full forward. Randall under the footy. Couldn't take the mark for the footy. McWilliams is there in company with Hayley Miller. She couldn't come up with it. The Bulldogs with the numbers. In there was Kerrick. She couldn't break clear of the tackle. And also Carney at the back was waiting for the handball. But we'll have a bounce. 45 from Melbourne's attacking goal. And they throw the ball up in the air. O'Connor goes up in the contest when it fell flat in her backside. McWeems tries to get a hand pass out. Haynes slapped it on the boot. It's now coming towards our broadcast side. Close towards the boundary line. 50 metres out from goal. Half forward flank. Picked up there by Bowers. Bowers got to try and shrug off Bates. Managed to do so. Close towards the boundary line. Had support there in Alley Blackburn. Blackburn shrugged off one. Great kick, Blackburn. Kept her feet and found Randell. And Randell is now in a bit of a pickle. She's on a very tight angle. She's about 25 metres out from goal. Pops it up and just goes across the face from minus score. Seven goals, uh, 10 is it now? Moving across to it. Wait for the scoreboard. Now it remains 7-9-51. Western Bulldogs 4 2 26. 11 and a half gone third turn. But just look at the way Melbourne have already congested this forward 50. The Bulldogs are going to have to be so pinpoint with their passing. Or as Paxman's done here, just bomb it long and... Uh, hope that they can win out the contested marking. It was the bomb and hope, and Melbourne forced the turnover. Although, pushed off as she kicked was Mel Hickey. I said that on too many occasions. She couldn't get the kick away. Ball came out the back there for Phillips. She was hung on to. Umpire wave play on. Little kick over the top from Privatelli. Chance now for Paxman. Clears it around the wing. The Bulldogs get the ball over the back, but again it's Melbourne. Three on none on the wing. They force it back, but it, to all the Bulldogs numbers on this occasion, Brennan was there. She couldn't take the mark for the footy. A chance in there for Kerrick. 
And I think she'll get the free kick and does for the Bulldogs on the back of the square. O'Connor switches on. Needs to clear it out wide to Brooke White. Elects not to because Melbourne shut it down just in the nick of time. O'Connor goes towards the outer side. Terrible kick. All the numbers with Melbourne. Five on none out there. They can look to work it through the middle. Pierce, bit of a hospital ball. Went in there and got it though. Daisy, she's got plenty of courage. She got knocked over. Umpire wave play on. Chance now for the Bulldogs. Boom crash in there and a free kick to the Bulldogs. Too high. And it'll be going the way of Aliso Day on the backside of the square. In fact, it was Stevenson who had it and decided Stevenson. to come back on board to Simpson. And Simpson had got knocked out of her hands, calling out for it is Hudson's. And it uh, got slapped away. Bowers has to try and go back and uh, get it. Pressure created there by O'Day. Weaving around and picking the ball off the cup. It was Denellen. Then kicked towards the wing position. Randell doing a lot of runnings now to the forward line and up on centre wing city Whoa. side of the ground. Was looking for McWilliams. Falling short there and dropping in the hole is White. When Courage there to sit under that one. Brick, Brooke, Brooke White, pardon me, decides to come back inboard. Looking for Walding. Walding picked it up. Oh, hand pass. A little too hot there for Chochio. She couldn't hang on to it. Haynes kicked it off the carpet and took it in her own hands. Got off the hand pass. Had Pierce coming straight through the middle of the ground. Gets on the right boot. Looking for Sissy Dunn at centre half forward. Done. Nearly well got done, caught Sissy. by Spark. Got, a, got rid of it in the nick of time. Coming across there. Carney. She, uh, pardon me. Uh, was uh, Swanson in there momentarily. There's the kick around the corner towards the the hot spot 40 meters out from goal Randell who literally 60 seconds ago was out there on the wing she's doing some hard running spots up Bowers who ran into space and instead of running for a shot on goal elects to go back 35 meters out now if you're if you're Brooke White what are you supposed to do with Randell you're gonna have to mug her she can't do anything yeah, look, Brooke's really tr just wearing her like a glove out there, but um, Randell's got n beautiful long arms, and she's just taking those marks with ease. So, um, you know, I think Brooke just needs to keep up the body work and, uh, and get a fist in where she can. Some slack marking there from the Bulldogs defenders. See Harris with a paddock full of space, and Randell, it was a pretty easy decision. can take this shot from 35, or I can just chip it over the top to her. And uh, Harris coming in. And has a shot on goal from 40 metres out. Just going to fall short in the goal square. Just went through the legs. Nearly nutmegged uh, McWilliams there. Ball on the ground trying to pick it up there. Pripatelli couldn't quite uh, hatch it out. Sissy Dunn lurking around the pack waiting for the ball to pop out. It won't. The umpire calls for a bounce. So the ball will be bounced. About 12 and a half metres out from goal. Near the kickoff line, as they say. Ball tossed back up. Winning it out was O'Connor. It was a good tap in the end. Straight to Edwards, but a snap around the corner. Comes from Randell, up the chimney, and straight back down, but across the face. The Bulldogs had the numbers, but they can't get a bounce in this game. And it runs across the line in, in front of Arnell, who's done all the mopping up for the Bulldogs, every mistake they've made. And they've shown Ruzi on the big screen here, just uh, watching the game. He said he'd come out and have a look, Ruzi. Yeah, the Dees boys there with him. Ball toss back in, 15 around. Smashed out of the ruck there by Harris. Now she's pushed in the back in front there. McWilliams, umpire wave, play on. We should have a ball up as Paxman pulls it out. Umpire had already blown her whistle. And a ball up in the forward pocket for the Ds, who lead by 26 points. Now, somebody who is working really hard in the back line for the Doggies is Paxman. Um, you know, she's taking the kickouts, and then she's almost there for the hands-off uh, or, or um, you know, kind of crumbing the ball from anyone who doesn't mark on the 50. So she's definitely putting in the hard yards, and uh, hopefully it starts to pay off for her. Waiting for the ball to pop out there and it's Taylor Harris and Harris tried to uh, bust her way through, got caught. The umpire says uh, 
That will be a ball up, being caught by uh, the player there in uh, Brennan. Up in the air again, there's the uh, punch forward, just bobbling around on the ground. Who's going to be next to try and uh, pick it up? That's the question, and that was with Lug, and Lug decided to kick around the corner, went as far as Stephanie Simpson. Simpson now got it, decides to come back in board. Got to be good with her kick, Stevenson. The ball was at her knees, couldn't quite pick it up off the carpet, trying to bust her and make some space there, Bowers, to keep it alive. Now the runner's on here. Gibson decides to go along towards the forward line, looking for McWilliams, who's waiting out the back, just threw her hands, couldn't hold on to it. Privatelli cleans up, decides to come towards centre half back. Three dogs here if they can work it out. It was uh, held there by O'Day, knocked out of her hands, has to go back in, catches her Melbourne opponent on the bottom of the ground, and the umpire says going nowhere, and uh, will call for a ball up. On the bottom of that mess was Bree White. The ball tossed up, 60 from home. They come together, the Ruckman, or the Ruck women, Wooten out the back. The handball came through Pierce inside attacking 50. In fact, it, in fact, it was Denellen coming through Spark. Got a little handball over to White. Now, they just mucked it up again by hand. The Bulldogs they haven't been clean and holding the ball, dragging it in, says the umpire. And just quickly, uh, from Anthony Stanker today, AFL Victoria, stats Blackburn leading the stats with 20 disposals, 16 kicks, 4 hand passes, and 6 inside 50s. O'Connor leading for the Western Bulldogs, 18 disposals, 15 kicks, 3 hand passes, 20 hitouts. Edwards the clearance for the Bulldogs, but only as far as Denellen, who looks to get it towards half forward once again. Little handball over the top, came to... I think it might have been Wooten, and then she gave it back towards Bowers. Bowers inside 50, couldn't take the mark, was Randall at the front of the pack. Now McWilliams forced to do the roving work, the Bulldogs will lock it up, and we'll have a bounce right forward pocket for the Ds. And again, they're doing all the, the attacking. The Bulldogs, they just don't seem to be able to break the shackles. Yeah, I think one of the things the Bulldogs are, are probably doing at this point in time is maybe just over-possessing the ball a little bit. Um, really got to get, you know, get the ball on their foot and, um, and you know, do the things like take those easy marks that they're dropping at the moment. It's really the simple things that they need to get right. I mean, another example there is Kaz Paxman. Kaz yeah. Paxman, great switch, you know, just a foot too high on the kick and, um, and, and maybe not read so well by that player. So And doesn't Moorcroft deserve some reward? for effort, but it just floats over here. Yeah, absolutely. And the ball will be thrown back into play. O'Connor, big fist, if you don't mind. Coming through there is Blackman, the leading disposal getter. She's hustled over the boundary line and out of bounds. Umpire calls for a throw-in. Anna Harrington, the one thing I'll watch as well, when the switch is on, the Bulldog players are running towards the player that's being switched to instead of trying to run 20 or 30 metres further down the field to look for the next kick. Yeah, it's just all about a bit of that smart play. Um, it's all well and good trying to create the space and saying, yes, the switch is on, but straight away when you've got a player you know out wide like that and two more players come over you just congest the space and you do the Melbourne defenders jobs for them because all it takes is you see a couple we've seen it all over the ground a moment of indecision and uh, players spoil each other going for a marking contest ball towards half forward for the D's a chance to clear here finally for the Bulldogs Arnell she's done the mopping up all day fisted away from the Melbourne defence Ball rebounds back towards the wing, and again Melbourne win the 50-50 at ground level. Little ball over the top towards Renee Forth, who's been in acres of space all day. She has McWilliams running for her. Great hustle from McWilliams. Got into some space, marked it right half forward. She has gum short. Decides to go a little further afield towards Randall. At the back of the pack also was Harris. She couldn't take the mark. Now a chance for the little back pocket to clear in in uh, Moorcroft. She just smashes it out wide, switches the play inadvertently, running after it, Blackburn at half forward for the Ds. And it look, looks like the Bulldogs will get there in time, and they do. And it's Chiochi just taking it across the boundary line, and we'll have a throw in. About 55 around from Melbourne's attacking goal. They lead by still the 26 points with only a few seconds left in this third term. Ball to be tossed back in. 
It'll be O'Connor looking for the spike again. Smashed it forward. Pack forms around it and we'll have the siren. There it is. End of the third term. Developed into a bit of a stalemate there. The D's doing what the Melbourne Footy Club does well. They protected their lead with aplomb. It's the Western Bulldogs 4-2-26. They trail the Melbourne Demons 7-10-52. We've played three quarters in this one. And girls, after that little stalemate in that term, three or four goals wasn't too much at, at halftime. But now it's a big mountain to climb. Yeah, it certainly is. I think it was. Was it only one goal kicked in that in that whole? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the amount of hope. Yeah. Um, you know, I think as well though, what we're seeing is Melbourne is just really finding space. Their girls are running hard out to the wings, um, and and you know, deep out into the flanks. And I think that if they can keep that run going for the rest of the game, then um, the Bulldogs aren't really going to be in with much of a chance in the last quarter. And just having a look at some stats, thanks to Anthony Stanker today, AFL Victoria. Uh, for Melbourne, Blackburn, 21 disposals. Bowers got nine disposals. Randall, 18 disposals, 11 marks for two goals, four completely dominating. While for the Bulldogs, O'Connor, 18 disposals, 24 hitouts. Brennan, 12, Walding, nine. Yeah, I think those stats tell a tale. That 11 marks is absolutely no surprise from Randall. I think she's I been. Say, she's only I think one. she's been immense. Yeah. <laughs> she's been absolutely immense today. Just that work ethic is what you want to see. And speaking of the work ethic that Ash was talking about, we've talked so much about how Melbourne congests the ground and they work hard. And it's got to the point where you can see where the Bulldogs players will be out in space. We saw O'Day up here, um, just on the 50 before. Um, they had the space. The kicker come out. There were three Bulldogs players. And it was almost like they thought there was going to be a Melbourne player behind them. It's that sort of, you believe that the pressure's perceived there. Pressure. It's yeah, the perceived yeah. pressure. You think that there's someone there. You think there's someone on your hammer. And you're like, oh. And all of a sudden, you've dropped a mark. And then those few seconds just allowed the Melbourne players to come in and lock it in just on the edge of the 50. So it just shows what psychological toll this this pressure of this Melbourne team has taken on the Bulldogs. And they're going to need to, in this last quarter, to have a shot. They're going to need to just try and put that all behind them and say, look, let's run and gun, let's use our pace, let's break through, got to win it out of the middle. And most of all, as Ash has been saying, they've got to play it a bit smarter, just making sure they're hitting those targets. Um, they went from probably trying to take too many risks and go too long with their kicks to overusing the footy and... Uh, then eventually uh, turning it over. So it's just got to be a matter of they've got to run and gun, use their strengths, and just try and get some early goals on the board. And there's no worse game than footy when you look up and you're a Bulldogs player and you think, have Melbourne got 25 on the ground? Because that's yeah. sort of the way it appears when, when things are going against you, isn't it, Ash? It's, it's just it's difficult to break that shackle. Yeah, it is. And look, you know, I think stats like Ellie's tell a real tale as well. Um, you know, she's working hard. A lot of the Melbourne girls are working hard, um, you know, and, and picking up a lot of the footy, but they're also using it really well. Um, so I think that... Look, when you're kicking well and you're marking well, um, the qu you know the quickest way from point A to point B is a kick, um, and you know Melbourne are really conserving their legs because they're not ball chasing. Mm, absolutely, and, and as I said in the warm up, the Bulldogs they didn't look clean in the warm up. They haven't looked clean up during. They haven't looked clean at any stage during the game. Even just those little three four three four meter release handballs just haven't been able to hit the target so far, Pete. We'll take this opportunity to take a quick break. When we come back, the stats that matter. Then the final term here at Eddie Hat Stadium. This is the AFL exhibition match for women and it is the Melbourne side 7-10-52 leading the Western Bulldogs 4-2-26. Live across the web, this is the VWFL Radio.com Match of the Day. 
And welcome back to Etihad Stadium for the AFL Women's Exhibition Match number two. The reigning cup holders are Melbourne, and it looks like they will take it out again. They currently lead by 26 points at three-quarter time, but unless somehow the Bulldogs pull something from out of nowhere, and we've seen it happen before, if they can in the uh, final term, it, the cup will be remaining in Melbourne's hands. Let's have a quick look at the stats that matter before Dan Hill gets underway with the final term. Yeah, mate, that quarter was huge for Melbourne again. They The inside 30s, 9-2. Uh, there was no marks inside. 30s in that quarter which has been a reflection of the game so far Melbourne basically keeping the ball alive for, for most of it centre breaks were one each and the rebound 50s were two to one so the stats that matter aren't really mattering much because the game is well and truly in Melbourne's hands as the ball's knocked out in the middle a chance here for Gibson she couldn't get it forward she's been fantastic today Gibson got the two goals to her name they stream in off the edge of the square clog it up and we'll have a secondary ball up and the umpire will just clear the way and ask for the ball back and receive it back from Hayley Miller. And uh, arches it back, throws it high in the air once again. Going up there for Melbourne was what in the contest. Ball at the ground. Pierce was first to pick it up. Got dispossessed. Coming through there was Gibson once again. Oh, Daisy. Quite hang on to it. And uh, Pierce was in there as well, just ducking and weaving and trying to get through Pripitelli. The umpire won't put it for holding the ball. Said it came out fair. Trying to lay on a tackle once again is Swanson. Bit of a traffic jam in there. And I guess... Uh, and a, the frustrating thing for the Bulldogs is no space. No, and that's something Melbourne would have said at three-quarter time. Look, everyone's got tired legs. It can only be easy to try and lock things in, and uh, their legs are tiring too. So if we can make this a tough, contested game, it's going to be very hard for the Dogs. Chance here for O'Day. She gets it forward for the Bulldogs. Couldn't take the mark, Brennan. Front of the pack for Melbourne was Hutchins. She couldn't come up with it, but she got the handball away to Haynes, who tried to clear. But the Bulldogs, I'll look to try and push it back inside 50. It's all locked up. We'll have a bounce. There's a big tackle. I think it was uh, laid on by, might have even been Wooten, the, the Ruckman. She'll go back at things again as the ball's tossed back up. In the ruck for the Bulldogs now is Kira Phillips. Ball comes inside, 50 for the Bulldogs. Chance again for Brennan. Ball hits the ground. Couldn't gather it again. Just hasn't been as clean as she normally is. The Bulldogs try and flick it out. Now Melbourne do so. Pierce hacked it forward. Oh, big collision there between O'Connor and also Swanson. Swanson wins the day. Gets the handball out to Miller. And she streams away, away off halfback. Runs over the wing. Kicks towards full forward. Poor kick in the end. Only as far as Sparks slid in on the knees. Couldn't come up with it. Turnover. A chance now for O'Day if she can go back in and get it for the Bulldogs couldn't do so Bowers came through and then the umpire said base of the pack we'll have a ball up Zelke couldn't get it out couple of efforts just to point out there Hickey two contests in a row against Katie Brennan where she was probably out of position and managed to get the spoiling and then Swanson going up against Astor O'Connor there um, took the big hit but to her credit stayed on her feet and then got involved in the next contest got the hands off Next minute you see Melbourne are down the other end of the ground. So some fantastic work from those two Melbourne players. Wooten won the tap down and uh, didn't go too far. Got all locked up and the umpire says uh, that will be a push in the back. Being sat on there accidentally, Alicia Eva. And uh, she's, for a small frame, a long way out from goal. She was looking to give off the hand pass to Harris. Who was calling well, she shaped for the barrel then, Pete. Yeah, and then said, no, I'll go back and uh, have a shot. And whoops, skewed off the side of the boot from 45 metres out. And uh, that means that Hutchins just managed to back back there. Pardon me for the Bulldogs. It's... Uh, um, O'Connor O'Connor pardon me and uh, takes it and decides to go towards the uh, resulting back pocket 
uh, on the broadcast side. Oh, coming at it hard there was uh, was Phillips to try and make a contest of that. Uh, she got the fist in there. It ended up being a Melbourne ball. Went to the advantage of Stamis to try to go towards the centre half uh, forward position. Coming through there was Ford who had to try and spin around. Hurried little kick. It just got partially smothered at the crucial moment. Coming through there once again. A day to see if she can pick it up. She can't. The umpire still allowing play to go on. A little bit sloppy in there at the moment. Uh, hugging close there is Bowers who had to try and turn around the Good corner kick. and uh, taking the mark and just dropping back into that vital space was uh, Zalki about 45 metres out on that slight angle. And that kick just shows great composure. I think that's a, probably another thing that Melbourne have really showed a lot of today, which is their composure. Um, you know, even here, their girls in the forward line are working hard to get in a good spot um, and, and just working it around the forward line as opposed to just sort of barreling it in over and over and over again. Well, I tried to pass it off to Swanson and it was no good in the doggies. Manchester sent it straight out of the fence, going along for Vasio long up the line, but it will go over the boundary line and out of bounds for a throw-in on centre wing on the city side. So the ball will be tossed back in. It's all to do here for the Bulldogs. They, they get an opportunity here if they can perhaps knock it out the back. Although the throwing is very short. It favours Wooten and also it favours Melbourne. As coming up with it is Swanson again. She's been prolific today. Inside 50. A chance for Harris. Had it, lost it, got it back, hung on to. Then jumped on. Umpire wave play on. Spark was in there for the Bulldogs. A few being chucked out the side door there, and the umpire says, I'll call for it. Rock battle at the moment. Uh, O'Connor, 19 disposals, 9 marks, 24 hit-outs. Wooten, 5 disposals, 1 mark, 24 hit-outs. But it's yeah. all about the damage. Asta's been working hard all game. Um, she's been in all parts of the ground. Um, her marking's been really good today, and she's been really creative with her kicking as well. So I'm, I'm not really surprised with those stats. But when you're forced on the back foot and you've had most of those possessions and marks inside your defensive 50 and defensive 75, it's just not as damaging as she normally can be. Yeah, absolutely. As the ball's tossed back in, a chance again for Brennan as she handballed it forward, couldn't get the kick away. little handball came from... I think it might have been Harris working along the wing. Melbourne looked to switch it into the middle of the ground. A chance here for Denellen. She's outnumbered one on two. She's under the pump. Good tackle there from Carney and also Simpson. And the umpire will call for it. We'll have a bounce just on the attacking side of the circles for Melbourne as the ball's tossed back up. And uh, the umpire throws it straight up in the air. Blackburn lays on the tackle. The umpire says it's going nowhere. Interesting to have a look at the contest between Brennan and Hickey. And uh, at the moment, it's, uh, well, they're, of course, uh, both on the same side of Darabin. And he's just wearing Brennan like a glove at the moment, giving her no room as the ball is taken out of the middle of the pack by Blackburn Long. And O'Connor takes it. O'Connor on the right boot decides to uh, go for the switch towards the broadcast side. Keeping alive there is Bowers for Melbourne. The Bulldogs player there may have thrown it one-handed. Yes, said the umpire, because he tried to take it with the one hand. Comes back towards, pardon me, to Zelke, the Queenslander. She's and, been everywhere, Zelke. And tries to square it up towards the hotspot. 30 metres out. Harris went up for it. Uh, taking it there is White. Gets thrown to the ground. The umpire calls for the ball up. But you were saying that battle, Brennan versus Hickey at the moment, and Brennan's just had no space. Hickey wearing her like a glove. Absolutely. Um, Hickey, as we pointed out before, a couple of really good contests. As going to have a little ping at goal here. Maybe unrealistic. I'm not sure if it was actually going for the assist. It might have been fourth out the side of the pack. She just skewed it off the side of the boot. Then base of the pack wearing the old 33 made famous by Jeffy Farmer. Bree White, she came out, was all locked up. And it'll be a throw-up. 35 out from Melbourne's goal. The umpires, as they've done all day, moving on with it very quickly. O'Connor was ready for it. Ball deep in the pocket. Pierce towards the top of the square. Oh, couldn't take the mark. Walding forced to clear under pressure. And it goes only as far as Renee Fourth over there. She's taken the mark. And she'll look to reload from 50. Short ball. 
but it goes only as far as Elise D, who's been very, very good this afternoon for the Bulldogs in a struggling side. And decides to go up the line, but Porth tried to cut it off, and that's what she did. Kept it alive for her Melbourne teammates. Getting in there is Danellen. She can't come out. Rolling more, the umpire calls her a ball up. Some stats coming in from Anthony Stangitz in that Brennan versus Hickey battle. Brennan's had 13 disposals, 7 inside 50s. Hickey's has 9 disposals and 4 marks, so obviously cutting off whatever Brennan sends back in. Yeah, Hickey's a, a, can be a really damaging halfback flanker um, because while she's a great defender, she also loves to attack. Um, so as soon as she's got that ball in her hands, she's going to break the lines and uh, and get the ball moving back up to the half-forward flank. Ball back into play. Wooden versus O'Connor. Wooden won the tap down. O'Connor appealing for the free kick. Pierce gets the resulting ball and decides to go long and towards the forward line. Trying to sell some candy as Bentley decided to go backwards. Smarter option. I think that might be Blackburn who sizes it up and taking the mark almost directly in front from about 20 metres out from goal is Phoebe McWilliams. Squeak! She's a key Melbourne supporter and she'll be looking for her first goal. She'd love this. She's a... As we said, Melbourne supporter, steady approach, comes in looking for a first of the afternoon. Oh. She's not happy with the kick, though. She didn't take any deep breaths at the end of the run-up. She just went straight in. It was a real nervous kid in the schoolyard. And it's away to the right-hand side for a minor score. 7-11 to 4-2. Melbourne dominating the doggies here as we go on eight minutes into the final turn. It's reloaded and a chance now for Phillips at half-back. She goes very, very close to the boundary line, was trying to work in tandem with Kerrick. They couldn't do so. And again, just another combination not quite working for the Bulldogs to throw in 50 around from Melbourne's goal. Yeah, Melbourne just very quick to set up there. Um, uh, I think they must have been setting up while the shot at goal was taking place because straight away they had all those numbers over to that far side of the ground and it was very difficult for the Dogs. We're now going for a little bit of a run down the wing, but Hickey again just getting that spoiling at the right time on Brennan, making things difficult and allowing those Melbourne defenders to come in and lock things up a bit. And it's a free kick to Melbourne from that little stoppage and it goes the way of Kaslar who's Done a fair share of work today, Kaslar, repelling the, the Bulldogs' attacks at times as she goes up towards half forward. A chance at the back for the Bulldogs if they can clear. They have the numbers, but under the pump, great pressure again. It came from Zelke that time. She went with a Texas wedge off the ground, but only as far as Spark, who marks on the last line for the Bulldogs. And the former volleyballer decides to go for the switch of play, oh. but trying to bust her way through there was Meg Hutchins. Didn't get too far, though. Has to go back for a second crack. Got the resulting hand pass from a teammate. Good Stopped kick. and propped and went around on the right to try and square it up. And backing underneath it is Kirby Bentley. And she looked at the goals. You wanted to go on quickly and thought, no, I'll go back behind the mark and have a shot. 45-degree angle from about 35 metres out. I think definitely one of the things that deserves a lot of credit today is Melbourne's discipline on, uh, you know, really putting pressure on the ball carrier and laying really good fair tackles. I think we noticed the Bulldogs have maybe just been a, a touch sloppy around uh, around their tackles and giving away a few free kicks. And uh, she's just... Has she nailed that goal? She has. Kirby Bentley, very happy with that one. She liked the look of it as it was going through. Arms raised in the air. Get around me everyone where are my teammates to give me a bit of love because that was a fantastic kick and uh, they took their time getting over there but that could well be the sealer because it's been a low scoring second half and uh yeah, goals very, very important. Just kicking out to a solid 8-11-59 to 4-2-26 lead the Ds. A solid crowd in here at the moment at Etihad Stadium. I think easily more than the TAC Cup Grand Final uh, held here last year. And it's great to see the cheer squads here early as well and going up for each goal being kicked. Really adds some colour and atmosphere to the day. And of course, both doing banners for the game, which has been absolutely fantastic to add to the atmosphere. As again, the ball's back in the centre of the ground and it's Melbourne by 33 points. The ball bobbles around like a ping pong and then we'll have another bounce, says the umpire, as 
Standing up was Edwards for the Bulldogs, handing it back to the umpire. Flying up in the ruck again is Harris, but O'Connor won the tap. Off the back of the square, a chance for Donnellan. She's dumped. Umpire wave play on, said the ball was dispossessed in the tackle. On all fours was Bowers, got the handball away, and it was slapped out in the direction of Donnellan. She got it back, handball inside. They've just got the numbers working in close so well, the Ds. It was terrific from Mel Hickey. She's been fantastic all day. Went out wide to Blackburn. Had it on a string. Handball back inside. In search of, it might have been Swanson over there. She's been prolific today also. All the big ball winners getting involved. Going in there was Bates. She's dumped. Umpire wave play on. O'Day got a little handball out. In fact, it was Bowers for Melbourne. Kick up towards half forward. Sissy Dunn couldn't take the mark. And the Bulldogs a chance with the turnover. And the kick only went as far as guess who? Chelsea ran down raking up yet another mark. Randell finds herself on centre wing on the traditional broadcast side. Decides to go along towards the centre half forward position and uh, backing back to take the mark there will be paid uh, in the end to Ashta O'Connor and the Bulldogs captain decides to go for the switch of play. Was looking for luck. It was under all kinds of pressure and uh, the umpire is going to come in and certainly call for a ball up here. Gum over the top of that. And uh, once again, it bounced 55 metres out. Yeah, look, it's good to see Aster really trying for that switch again. You know, they've got to take risks. And, um, you know, if they want to, if the Bulldogs want to create something, then they need to start trying something different. Um, you know, Aster's got a great, very accurate kick, and she always backs herself to hit up a target. Bit of a tricky one there, but, um, you know, uh, I like the endeavour. You really, uh, need, you really need the player knowing what's going on when the ball's coming down. And Lug, she sort of was on the back of the square, and she thought, am I leading up? Am I leading at you? What am I doing? And that was where it probably came unstuck. Yeah, Gum. well, if Aster has got the ball, you always have to predict that there, there's a chance she'll switch. Gum to Swanson. Swanson goes in towards the forward line. Oh. She has the doggies to come out. Stripped of the ball. Here comes Dunn running on oh, through. Sissy Dunn goes for the pass. Great foresight. And taking the mark is Chelsea Randall. Be lining up for goal from about uh, 30 to 35 metres out. Now looking for her third one. But Dunn's been impressive today as well, the territory girl. She's always been standing in dangerous positions for a roving forward. Yeah, and look, she's willing to assist. Um, you know, I don't think she's, she's uh, necessarily trying to get to the goals. Uh, sorry, that one's just offline for Chelsea Randell. Um, she's not necessarily trying to be the one to kick the goals. She just wants to get the ball into the right person's hands. So the ball has been restarted and lugged. She just dropped what she probably should have taken. Now a chance again for Melbourne. Sissy Dunn has it on 50. Just couldn't take the footy at the crucial stage. She'll go back in and lay the tackle in the smother. And again, Melbourne win out. Little handball inboard came from Kaslar. Now a kick inside 50. I think it might have been picked. Oh! Mark. Huge mark from Harris. Oh. She came out of nowhere. I want to see the replay. Huge. <laughs> She she'll, has been marking be all day. That is a huge grab <laughs> over the back. It was sort of a half specky because she's that tall, but it was still a specky enough. And she's marked at 25 out, 45 degree angle. Shortly when they do the mark of the year run at the end of the year, that's got to be in the highlights package. I suppose when the, the girl in front of you is only five foot, you can't get that high off the ground. And she goes back, adrenaline running through the veins and kicks the goal, which we don't see too often after players take big marks. She goes back, slots I think what might be her third. And another goal to the Ds. They're running away with this one. We saw Harris in that first quarter just took a while to settle into the game. Had a really good second quarter. And then that's just got a really cap off day. As we see the reaction from the Melbourne bench, they love that one. But again, just some really great work from Melbourne. Just 
got in and around the contest, got the quick hands out to Pierce, who had the composure to pop the ball up. I don't think she would have been expecting Harris to take that one, though. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, all Melbourne. Emma Carney decides to go along towards the centre-half for position. Still all Melbourne. for it there is Edwards. It's just Melbourne all over the place with plenty of numbers, like 25 of them on the park. Zalki goes for the 1-2 with Wooten. Does well. Oh, goes champagne. straight down the line. And once again, Melbourne are really taking those those marks that they need to be taking, and I think uh, the Bulldogs oh. are just missing a couple of opportunities. So they great mark it up. There. Yeah, yeah, Bentley, <laughs> give them a good rap. Commentator's curse as it goes across O'Connor now in the uh, back pocket on the traditional broadcast side. Decides to go long. Is there too much juice in the kick for Stevenson? Just hit her hands, went over the boundary line and out of bounds. Just for a player that I thought has been really good today is uh, Emma Zelke. Um, just getting involved there with the one-two and a nice delivery into the forward line. She was very good early, just very clean and composed with her passing when everyone else was just taking a moment to settle down. I think she's been quite impressive uh, today. As we call for another ball up, and the great thing about the mark as well from Harris is, of course, there's a perception of girls of, oh, is women's football a bit like junior footy? Is it all scrappy, etc.? When you've got a mark like Harris, you know that's going to be on the evening news replayed over and over again, which is going to start changing people's perceptions. I think the other thing people need to remember is that a lot of these girls just don't play together week to week. And, you know, it really takes time for a football team to gel and learn things about your teammates, even learn, you know, who kicks on which foot and, and, and what people's preferences are when they're playing. So I think both teams have come really well together and, uh, you know, putting on a real, really good show out there. So Hayley Miller just hacked one around the corner and now Wooten and Paxman go up against each other. It was like a giraffe and a rhinoceros and the rhinoceros won out and then the giraffe won out. It was Wooten. She went back in and got it. Now a chance here for Dunn. She's forced to lay the tackle and apparently was holding the man, although it didn't look that way. Or holding the woman. She got rid of it. I should say, as she said, she had disposed of the footy. And now a chance for the Bulldogs to switch the play, which they've attempted several times. And again, it's a two-on-two, a rough kick. A chance there for Harris. She handballs back in board. Now White, she goes from 45. And taking the mark was Randell. Handball over the top. Oh, Oh, marked it up. (laughs) And a turnover for the Bulldogs. But the poor clearing kick in the end, although it'll come off and Lug will have the footy. And they'll try and clear it now off the half-back line. One bounce, might go for a run, look for a second bounce. No, Wood decides to go long towards the half-forward flank position. An awkward-looking bounce when Hope was waiting oh, well for it. Ashmore. Coming out to meet it there was Ashmore. Came back in, board to Hickey. Hickey, well-spotted with the kick, taking the mark. Ali Blackburn. Blackburn in the middle of the ground. Spots the player on the run here, and that is Miller. Miller runs oh. inside 50. Miller goes for home. Will it bounce through? It won't be kept in play. There is Bentley who'll just dribble it through. She wanted to let that go, Kirby Bentley. She yeah. tried to, and it bounced back towards her. She it had was, to finish. It was a great-looking kick, and a great great workup from Melbourne as well, starting with Caitlin Ashmore down here, mm. just gathering the ball like she had it on a string, delivering a really good hand pass. Ellie Blackburn standing smack bang in the middle of the ground unmarked, and, you know, having looked at the stats, she's definitely not someone someone you want to leave in there. She's got a great kick as well. Um, beautiful, perfect textbook transition from Melbourne. And if you just joined us, Melbourne 10-12-72, leading the Western Bulldogs 4-2-26. Two minutes remaining in the game game and of course uh, we'll have our post-match breakdown of who we think the better players are and of course looking forward to next week's VWFL radio match between Melbourne Uni and St Kilda all that coming up on the post-game show O'Connor again in the ruck, she's worked tirelessly Blackburn threw in a stray boot and umpire wasn't interested and she said I'll have it and I'll bounce it yet again just inside the centre rings as again Wooten and O'Connor, O'Connor won the tap ball comes out the side door for O'Day a chance here for the Bulldogs to maybe get a consolation goal, but at Mel Hickey, she has been sensational. And then she went this way, then that. Managed to get out of trouble. Got it to Hutchins. 
And she decided to kick across the ground dangerously. A chance for White. She couldn't come up with it. Now it lands in the arms of Bowers. She takes a bounce, races away up towards Sissy Dunn at half forward. O'Day for company. She is in space again. She takes the mark, goes short, little 25 metre chiseling ball towards half forward. Spark did well, and a chance for the Bulldogs to clear. And that's what they'll try and do with a long kick, searching for Arn now. Can she get onto it? She's got a minute left to see if they can get a goal for the doggies. They decide to go towards uh, Brennan. Brennan came out for it, was cut off by Git at the crucial moment. Danellan gets held up there by Arnell and the umpire will call for a bounce. I think that play there has just summed up the Bulldogs' day. When they do win it out of the centre, they look for someone like Brennan, but the Fitzgerald just coming in at the right time and getting the spoil in. Those Melbourne defenders have worked tirelessly and they're going to get another chance. One last roll at the dice for a goal, but the kick is offline and the Bulldogs will get to rebound it out of defence. Indeed, O'Day decides to go short and now the kick is on, chasing out afterwards as Natalie Wood tries to take a mark. Bowers is wearing her like a glove. Now Gets it back again. Decides to go off with a quick little hand pass. O'Day now gets on the boot. Going up the line. Chochio and uh, didn't get there. And the umpire said it's a free kick. And uh, waiting for the ball to come back. downfield? No. Yep. With virtually 10 seconds left on the clock. And the doggies sneak one before the full-time siren. She's asking for a... She's asking for a minute. It is No, it's reversed. It was a downfield. And either way, they decide to play on quickly. (laughs) Here's the hurry kick high in the air. Who knows what's going on? Looking for Hooker. Hooker decides to take the mark. Couldn't get there. And the siren has sounded full-time at Etihad Stadium. They've come in, Wooten being hugged, players jumping around her, and the D's, 10-12-72, victorious over the Doggies, 4-26. What can we say, Ash, by a dominating performance by the Demons? Well, I think Dan's got the final word here. We all tip the Doggies to win, and uh, and the D's have come away with Too a smart. really, really strong win. Um, you know, I think they just did the simple things right today, and that really um, sort of, you know, held them in good stead. Getting out in space, delivering, you know, great delivery to their forward line from all of their halfback flankers and their midfielders, um, you know, taking some really strong marks. Those simple things um, really got them over the line today and they put up a really strong score oh, for me it was um, the in close at, at the the crucial stages it was especially at half back when there was a chance for the Bulldogs to build because Melbourne knew as soon as the ball got inside 30 that it was basically 75-25 against because Mo Hope was there and she she got the ball in her zone probably four times and kicked three goals Yep. So or, or kicked two and created, created one for, for O'Day but, but it was Hutchins in close. It was it was also even Ashmore. I mean, the ball came near her ten times. She won it ten times, and, and that was the difference for Melbourne. I think they had so many winners in a lot of one-on-ones across the ground. And as we said, they structured up really well. They clearly had the 15-person zone or the 13-person the zone. They struggled to get the ball out. The Bulldogs, Paxman did it all about five or six times, trying to kick torps and do all sorts of different things. But it was it was pure pure. Um, class from most Melbourne players across the ground. They managed to win all the one-on-ones and as we said, it was it was the the picture of the game when the ball came in towards half forward. Katie Brennan looked like she was in space and just out of nowhere Hickey gets a fist in. The, the footy falls and Melbourne go forward. That was the story of the day. Well, it was just that hard work from the days paying off consistently. They worked so, so hard. They were running constantly just to make sure they would cover. Whenever the Bulldogs looked like they had the chance to um, break from half back, they'd look up and see the sea of red and blue because the D's would have worked all the way across the ground to cover the area and congest it. It was just so impressive. And 
to be honest, the one thing that was really important, we talk about the simple things mattering, one thing is taking marks, and Chelsea Randell just, I think, summed it up, the way that Melbourne, when there was the chance for a big mark, generally they would take it. They were just cleaner, they uh, went for shorter kicks if it was a better option, and we noticed in that first half the Bulldogs trying to play on a bit, trying to stick to their game plan, obviously, of, I guess, using that pace and trying to run down the wings. But Melbourne just played a little bit smarter. If they won the contested ball, they'd uh, get the quick hands out or get the short kick out and just make sure it was effective and efficient. And that's the most important thing, I guess, in this game, efficiency, and that's what Melbourne were just better at throughout the day. And it was the cool heads of Pierce, Bowers... Blackburn. Blackburn going backwards seven, eight, nine times in, mm. in one or one quarter alone and just shoring things up. Whereas with the Bulldogs, it seemed to be with that perceived pressure that you spoke about at three quarter time, it was get it and smash it long, and then all of a sudden you're kicking it to five Ds and, and then it's coming back at you twice as fast. Doing the presentations on the ground as we speak. Let's just go through some of the stats at full time. Thanks to Anthony Stanker today, AFL Victoria. And for the Melbourne side, uh, Blackburn, 27 disposals. Randell, 23 disposals, 14 marks. Bowers, 23 disposals. Pierce, 23 disposals. For 20 disposals, 7 marks. Wooten, 32 hitouts. For the Western Bulldogs, O'Connor, 24 disposals, 11 marks, 36 hitouts. Brennan, 13 disposals, 7 inside 50. Paxman, 13 disposals. Walding, 12 disposals. And uh, it looks and for um, Kari, uh, 14 disposals. As uh, the best, the ball's being given to Chelsea Randell as the best player on the ground. And as we mentioned at halftime during the interview with her, she lost her grandmother during the week. Well, absolutely a tough week for Chelsea Randell, but she played this sort of game last year. And uh, I think Daisy Pierce got best on ground. But this year, I thought she was just the difference. You talk about the player that has an impact when the game is very much on the line. And she was that player. She was taking the marks at crucial stages. She kicked a couple of really nice goals. And she was just involved, worked hard. We saw her come up and take a lead-up mark on the wing. And then she'd push back and create a contest in the goal square constantly just running and running and creating pressure and most importantly clunking those marks which some players really struggle to do especially in the early stages so very much a well-deserved best on ground for Chelsea Randella. I was going to say there's not much of her either I thought she, she might be a bit bigger through the arms and, and through the hips but she's only very very athletic she's got the tape on the the elbow and she's the way the way she was taking some of those marks, she's absolutely wrapped and she holds the ball off and says thank you very much to everyone. Um, she just marked absolutely everything that came in her area. And then when you when you throw in also Harris, who did a bit in the ruck, and I think McWilliams was really, really smart. She, she probably thought she she's a star at her club and she thought, I can come out and be a star on this stage and probably noticed in the first five minutes hey, being third fiddle is probably not such a bad thing. So, and, and she filled that role really, really well. Well, just on McWilliams, I was saying, I think it was in the third quarter, she was getting into all the right positions and it was just those last little bits of maybe concentration or just clunking the mark or taking the ball cleanly. She was into all the right positions and even if you don't necessarily win the ball that time, at least your opposition isn't winning the ball. She's making a contest every single time. And when you've got some really good quality smalls, you've got look at the likes of Dunn, who are getting around and could get into a bit of space or crumb, it just frees up your other options. And we saw Harris really thrive as the game went on, for example. And they gave the ball the best on ground for the Bulldogs to Astro O'Connor. As we speak at the moment, they've given the cup to Daisy Pierce and Michelle Cohen, victors today for the uh, Melbourne side. Uh, 20 minutes before we uh, break broadcast, 
last. 72 defeating 26. The Demons winning as uh, Cohen addresses the crowd now. And um, uh, uh, one thing I'll just quickly touch on again with Randall as we see with her, her grandmother passing during the week. It's one heck of an effort to keep your mind focused and perform like that. And I'll, and I'll make a um, uh, an example here that two years ago when uh, John McCarthy of Port Adelaide uh, passed away uh, on that uh, trip overseas, his cousin, who was very close to him, Miles Pitt, was playing for Port Melbourne school with Miles, and yeah. had to play a preliminary final that week and a grand final. Selected in the side, had very minimal impact in both of those games. And speaking to the coaching staff on the Mad Monday afterwards, they had all agreed the same thing. They said, you know, Just he, he had the funeral during the week. He had to bury his cousin. He was a pallbearer. And they said he just wasn't in the right mind if it was during a normal um, home and away game. They said they would have told him, take four or five weeks off, go away, get your head right, do what you got to do, come back. So again, for, for Chelsea to have a grandmother pass away on Tuesday, get on a flight, be in Melbourne at 8.30pm Thursday, have 48 hours to get to know her teammates, think of a game plan, and to dominate the way she did is just professionalism personified. Yeah, I, look, I think she just really found a way today to channel that energy. Um, and, uh, you know, she went out there with a with a reason to play and a reason to win. And I think she's, um, you know, re- really done herself and her team proud. And I think she'll be really happy with her performance. Let's talk about the uh, coaches for the moment and, and their performance. First of all, for the victorious coach, uh, Michelle Cohen, of course, uh, is a state league uh, level assistant coach at South Fremantle and again back-to-back victories for the D's and it's not just a a win it's a comfortable dominating victory with great system and structure absolutely I think uh, you can tell she's coming to this game saying all right the Bulldogs have these strengths they have these really pacey midfielders that would love to get into space they have these big tall forwards they've got some fantastic tools what have you got to do well we've got to shut down their space we've got to make sure they can't rebound off halfback we really need to we know we can win the contested ball but then you need to get it out there and if you don't win the contest, you've got to lock things down. And that's what they did. They, for the whole game, they didn't really let up at all. They had that zone that worked across half-back. The Bulldogs were just... Uh just had no options when they were looking to get out of their defensive They 50. just couldn't lock it in either, the Bulldogs, at any stage. They could, and, and in many ways, Moho kicking the goals she kicked, they were from really, really quick releases inside 50 so even though you get that goal you actually haven't held the ball at your end you've rebounded it in so you don't necessarily gain any confidence from keeping the ball in your end despite getting a goal well a couple of those goals were against momentum as well um not lucky goals but you know went against the flow of play and just looking at the uh, at the flip side of things talking about they were congesting the bulldogs they managed to find space themselves and i think early on those goals to um kelly gibson really personified that because she had that space she'd get out into 20 or 30 meters of space then she'd run the ball for 15 meters and kick the goal or set it up uh, they they picked out what the Bulldogs' strengths were and actually turn them into their own. And if you have a look at the, the players as well that Michelle Cohen has drafted, you can really tell the research that she's done. On paper, we were scratching our heads going, what's the go here with a few Queenslanders and the girl from the Northern Territory? Zelke, one of the Queenslanders today, um, pushing from centre into half forward, creating plenty of run. She decided to use Ali Blackburn in the centre of the ground, picking up heaps of disposals. What she's done is kept Gibson more on the half forward flank, running into that 30 zone from the side. It was very dangerous in the first turn. 
home. Looking again at Sissy Dunn, you're thinking, oh, a shy young girl from the Territory, what impact will she have? Well, essentially, she was working off either McWilliams or working off Harris, waiting for them to go for the ball. In each pack situation, you saw her hanging back a few metres, looking to create that option. Yeah, I mean, Michelle certainly looked far and wide to make sure that she's got a really versatile team, but also a team that, that she knows will gel well. Um, you know, she knows a lot of these players from their representation at, at state league level. Um, and, you know, what she's really looked for is players that actually complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really shown today. You, you know, you've got your players who are going to go up for, for your tall marks. But when you've got players like that, you also need those girls who know to stay down, get front and centre and pick up the scraps. And, um, you know, I think she's put together a really versatile and well-gelled team. And it's almost like having two generals on the ground at the same time. Uh, the experienced player there in Chelsea Randall acting essentially as a captain of the forward line, maintaining from the centre, from centre wing down towards the forward line. And the interesting option of having Pierce out and covering the back half and again Pierce acting like a quarterback directing traffic. Yeah and, and look I think what's also interesting to note is you know in having so many interstate players the Melbourne team had nowhere near the amount of chances to train together as the as the Bulldogs team did so it's really also a state of mind thing. These these girls have gone out here today and gotten to know each other as quickly as they can they've used their footy brains to, to sort of really quickly remember who plays what style of footy and uh, you know each player has adjusted accordingly and that's why they've really been able to get the most out of each other today. Yeah, this is, I guess, uh, added the biggest surprise in the end. We ta- we heard about the Bulldogs girls because it was mainly Victorians talking it up of, oh, as soon as our side was drafted, we're kicking the ball about in the park, doing a light run, getting to know each other. Chatted to Chelsea Randall. I said, well, you've got predominantly WA players on your side. Have you met together? And she's gone, well, actually, no. We just, you know, rolled into Melbourne with 48 hours and, and we've got a gel. But it's just the professionalism of the Melbourne support staff. Good old-fashioned well, a- paralysis by analysis, Pete. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's the... And that's that's the thing that we asked uh, Michelle Cohen uh, during our interview. We said, how much information can you give them in a short space of time that you don't flood them, that they can absorb just the right amount of information? Um, and this whole support staff, they've had Olivia Crow helping with them. Debbie Lee, who you just cannot underestimate, who's been looking after their whole program while they've been here the last two and a half days in Melbourne, has resulted in this performance. Yeah, absolutely. It's just um, having the right people just to note the the players from both sides getting around and thanking everyone in the crowd which is really really good to see this is their moment and uh there's some people here there's lots i know that lots of uh women's footballers and youth girls footballers have come along to check out the game today um so they're just all getting around and uh thanking everyone but just on that melbourne um situation yeah 48 hours some great support staff obviously you've got the core of that team that were that know each other from last year but it's just i think it's just the professionalism of these players they've come in they've said look we've got a job to do let's get on with it they work together and as Ash said, you can't really buy when people naturally complement each other on the field. The drafting's been done very well. They've picked a team that works well together so that they didn't have to worry so much about getting everyone together for training runs because they knew, all right, if uh, Harris is going up for the mark, you know that at least McWilliams is another option in there. So, you know, it's, it's just getting everyone together, having that professionalism, and uh, it just seems to have paid off. Conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Williams competition, uh, sorry, women's competition by two, uh, 2020. Uh, the Bulldogs, have they picked younger players? Because when the competition actually comes in, those players perhaps will have, still have ties to the club at their peak of the powers at 26-27 and the Bulldogs might dominate in 2020 as opposed to Melbourne perhaps 
drafting players for the here and now? Look, I think knowing the, the doggies coach, uh, Mick Sandry, very well, obviously he's, he's my head coach at Melbourne Uni, um, I think Mick just gets really excited about young talent. Um, you know, it's really about giving those young girls a chance and, and getting the right mix between sort of experience and fresh legs. Um, so I think probably from, from Mick's point of view, it def- definitely wasn't aimed at, at that sort of strategy, really just more aimed at, um, you know, who are the best people to do the job? And it's it's not always the stalwarts of the league. It's it's those new up-and-coming girls who, like we said before, they've been playing football since they were five years old. Um, you know, I've only been playing football for six years and I don't have anywhere near the football brain of some of the 17, 18-year-old girls who are out here who've been playing the game since they could walk, basically. You look at the Bulldogs' side, uh, coached today by uh, Mick Sandry and Nikki Harwood. Um, you obviously question how has the co-coaching performance uh, gone because we don't actually know who was in the driver's seat for today. Um, obviously, having to fill in for Peter Searle, who's, who's now at St Kilda. Um, is it a case of do they go back to the drawing board for next year and go, well, the side that we've picked, it was just simply out-muscled in close. When the ball was in close, we just couldn't get our hands on it? Well, I guess one thing you look at is with the drafting system, System, assume it's, assuming it stays the same way, you have to delist a certain number about, of players. About twelve, I think you have to. I think, you, about can, half I think your you can list, keep yeah. twelve and um, yeah, twelve leaves. So, it's, I guess you look at the players that will be on offer because a lot of these players do go back into the pool and you say, well, what can we work on? Um, do we like the way that we've structured up a team? Is it something in the strategy? Because I think it's fair to say they were out coached today because that the the strategy that Melbourne went with really worked very well. So, it's, do you say, all right? Do we look at having a similar list and going with a different strategy or do we look to bring in different footballers? And I think there was a bit of resignation too from Astor O'Connor in the ruck when she just decided to start going the volleyball spike. I know people like to see that, but from a structural point of view, it's not necessarily fantastic because you've set up, you've got your three, you're blocking for each other, you've got your sweeper, you're trying to get someone isolated and then your Ruckman smashes it 20 metres forward. So I, I think there was that sort of started to happen late in the first quarter. There was a bit of clutching at straws pretty early in terms of the midfield effort, and I think it sort of showed in the end. Yeah, look, I think if anything, you know, one of the things that certainly Mick will take away from this is just the learning experience. I mean, you really look at the different um, levels of experience in coaching between Michelle and, and Mick, um, and, I, you know, I think one thing I can definitely say about Mick is that he's, um, you know, in putting his hand up for this job, it was really just for the learning experience. Um, you know, he coached the uh, Vic State midfield team this year. Um, he's done this coaching gig. He's, he's you know, getting as, as accredited as he can, but you know, any time there's an opportunity for him to step into the box seat and learn something, um, he'll certainly do so. So I'm sure he's got a couple of pages of notes to go from on after this experience, and um, and uh, you know, he'll 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 work on that. And it's no criticism of Mick. It's more just as as you say, it's a to to Michelle Cohen. It's a it's a clap. It's mm. a pat on the back to say Absolutely. she's probably sent mm. one or two poignant emails around in the last week or two. It might have been a 15 zone. It might have been if you're playing in this position, make sure you're there. Make sure you just have a look at it before bed the, the night before or whatever it is, and it seemed to pay off. Well, just on what you were saying, Ash, about Mick, how it's a learning experience and he's very enthusiastic about young players. Well, I think it's quite a good thing to have a coach 
that reflects the team or vice versa. You look, Mishkan's a very um, established coach and that's the sort of team that she's got out there. Whereas if you've got that younger team, you need someone that is going to relate to them and say, look, this is a learning experience. I understand that too. And yeah, they might not win this year, but there's a lot they can take out of it and bring it into next year or the year after. And I guess that's what you've got to look at when you've got that real young side. Yeah, he's certainly got that affinity with the players and um, and they're all growing and learning every year in this experience. I think um, everyone who's been able to be a part of the experience today in any capacity um, is certainly very lucky and uh, and probably certainly enjoys that experience. Well, obviously with the national competition uh, coming up in 2020, that is the proposal. Um, what we've seen today is obviously Melbourne being dominant. Uh, so we know there's, there's clearly a strong talent pool there. Uh, the question is, do we break up that talent pool and next year as part of the steps to get to the national competition does the league look at expanding let's say to four teams obviously therefore you can create a pseudo knockout situation two matches being played two winners of that meet in a grand final well i know the saints are keen and obviously Peter Searle's behind that so yeah. there's three yeah i'm not sure where four comes from but how yeah. strong they've been in wa and there's Actually, the Fremantle Football Club actually purchased a women's league license, the first club that ever actually purchased oh. one. So they're actually holding on to that. So the question is, obviously, with Michelle Cohen being from South Fremantle and the quality WA girls on the side, will we see Fremantle or will we see something like a new territory like GWS or the Gold Coast or the Queensland players today? Where will we see and will we see two new clubs come in next year? Look, I certainly don't think it's out of the question. I mean, women's football is, is the single fastest growing area of AFL at the moment. And there's a lot of... AFL clubs who are already behind women's teams in some capacity. I mean, the team that I play for, for example, Melbourne Uni, um, we train at Arden Street, obviously the Kangaroos home ground, um, every Wednesday, and they're a huge supporter of us. You know, we use their theatre facilities to do match review. Um, there are other teams uh, in the league as well who are, who you know, who have the backing of um, of AFL football teams already, and it, it may not be an official affiliation at the moment, but um, men's teams are getting behind it, and they see it as a real opportunity to, to you know, expand their, their base and, um, and look, I would love to see uh, four games next year. As many girls as we can get involved in this level of game um, would be great. And I certainly think that there are enough talented players to put on a good show. Well, that's it. There's always a question of, is the talent pool deep enough? I think it is. And also, the only way you're going to grow a talent pool of the best players is to have them regularly competing against each other because there is that raw talent pool but you see when these girls some of those younger players will look at Harris for example in that first quarter took a little while to settle in but when you play against those better opponents you go okay so I need to lift in this area or you get that bit of support from a more experienced teammate and then you can rise to another level and that's the only way these girls and the overall standard is going to keep on getting better is if you have the best of the best playing each other more regularly one game is fantastic but if you get two games next year or three or four games next year, it's going to improve even faster. And people are getting behind it. And if we start getting some more games, there's no reason why they can't continue to. In the vein of, say, the W League soccer teams that you get, like Melbourne Victory Women get decent crowds, for example. There's no reason why we can't replicate that. And I guess as well, it's a confidence boost for some of the lower Premier Division sides, despite seeing some of the Melbourne Uni players and Darren players start today. The potent forward line for Melbourne was two reasons. One, Mona, uh, pardon me, uh, for the Doggies, Mona Hope kicking three goals for forward down there at the St Kilda Sharks. And one of their other key forwards, despite not being able to take a mark today, but, but she was doing all the right things and leading to the right spot where the ball was going to be kicked, was uh, Squeak McWilliams. So you've got two players there whose confidence is probably coming up a bit from this game. 
and obviously I hate to say it for you actually playing you next week uh, for Melbourne Uni but um, for them that must be a huge confidence boost saying okay we've got some girls here who can match it with the best and this should be able to drive us going forward towards the finals. Yeah absolutely and and you know our girls need to take note um, you know Mo is definitely going to have her back up after yeah. kicking three at Etihad Stadium I mean who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, she's will already Mel Hickey, Will Mel Hickey plan her? Oh, uh, sorry, she's Darabin. I'll, she's they'll Darabin. probably, they'll yeah, probably yeah. put... I they'll, no, I was actually thinking they'll put Ashmore or someone like that. Look, I think Brooke White will probably do the job on her. Um, it's a hard, a hard gig. Yeah, I mean, Brooke played on her last time we last time we went around with them. And, uh, you know, I think Brooke figured out pretty early Moe's game plan, which is nudge her under the ball and take it out the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, she is really good at that. But I think Brooke read her really well early and, and um, you know, held her to only a couple of goals, I think. And we took that game out in the end. But oh, it's going to be a very yeah. um, interesting clash next week. Us and St Kilda are... Um, you know, both sort of very level pegging teams, and when we play each other, um, it's a good rivalry as well. So anything could happen. But um, there's, a smile uh, you, there's a raw smile. There's a raw smile. Good rivalry. I like that. <laughs> you know, hopefully yeah. our, our girls who are out there can um, get down to the rooms and ice up and be ready to go. <laughs> now, uh, just before we go, we'll do our three, two, ones in just a moment's time of who we thought were the uh, better players today. But uh, just uh, upon the crowd here, just look fantastic along that bottom level. I reckon at least uh, I'd go here. There wasn't six or seven thousand here at Hediad Stadium so it's great to see that the crowd has shown up and supported women's footy here today yeah, I think the most important thing is that hopefully there are, you know, a handful of young girls out in the crowd today who, um, you know, saw saw some of these girls and saw them as heroes and uh, have decided to maybe take up the women's game and go down to a local club this weekend and watch and train and, and get into it because it's a, it's a great game. Um, you know, it takes a lot of mental strength to, to play AFL as well as physical strength and, um, you know, I think it's a great game for women to get involved in. And I guess, Anna, the one thing that would have helped is obviously plenty of the Melbourne Uni girls would have been here watching today, watching their counterparts run around. The Sunbury girls said they were actually taking a bus and coming down as, as a club as well. Obviously the girls here, and I saw a few of them sitting down um, supporting their girls wearing their team colours as well, which would hopefully mean that you'd have young girls looking around of, oh, it's this club, who's this, who's that? Well, one other thing that's really cool is you saw when the players came out, they had the Guard of Honour, and that was actually full of young players like Amber Laprino, one of our um, young youth girls was involved, uh, from Windervale, was involved in the Guard of Honour for Melbourne. So that's another little thing, a little touch that allows the girls to feel like they're involved and yeah it's fantastic yeah uh, look I think the other thing that's great to see is there is a lot of rivalry between women's um, women's AFL teams and there's a lot of different leagues but at the end of the day there will be a lot of teams here who you know sort of don't even have any players from their team playing but they want to get down and support women's footy so I think that's great to see as well Okay, let's start wrapping up things here on VWFLradio.com. A reminder, of course, our match of the week next week, Melbourne Uni versus St Kilda Sharks, live from 1.30pm on VWFLradio.com. Our 3 2 ones, I'll go across the silent man in Dan Hill. The silent man. And who did you see for your 3 2 one today? I love it when the girls take over. It's fantastic. They know so much about the game. I'll just sit back and, and enjoy their commentary. Uh, the 3 2 one for me, I gave one to Emma Swanson. I thought she was absolutely everywhere. Um, it was terrific today. Um, I gave the two to Chelsea Randall just to be a little controversial and the three to Taylor Harris who I thought was fantastic after perhaps a little bit of a slow start they put her in the ruck she took the game on she took a couple of big grabs and I thought she deserved the three Anna Harrington 
All right. Well, uh, it was really tough deciding who to just give one to. There were plenty of players that shone all over the ground. A few honourable mentions. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll give a few. I think you mentioned a couple of them. Harris really came into the game later on. Swanson from Melbourne. Um, who else? We've got Hickey was fantastic. I almost could have actually put her in the votes. Now I think about it. Um, but I gave one to Ellie Blackburn. She was um, very good. You know, just kept winning the ball. I know she's been playing up forward a lot in VWFL. So to come straight back into that midfield position and work so hard the way she did uh setting play up and as you said she's got a boom as we've said she's got a booming kick just worked really hard all game and was one of those reasons that the melbourne midfield got on top i gave two to the bulldogs skipper astro o'connor um Fair as enough. we said worked yeah. extremely hard especially early on in the game really controlled the ruck and um the scoreboard probably didn't reflect the dominance that she had. Melbourne's midfield just working really hard to try and read her taps. Um, yeah, clear best on ground for the Bulldogs. And I'm not going to be very controversial at all uh, with my three. I think Chelsea Randall, she was fantastic. From the beginning, like I said earlier, when the game was there to be won, she was the one that stood up. She was the one clunking marks when other people were a little bit hesitant. She kicked goals, she set up other players, and she just had this amazing work ethic, pushing up into the centre, back to the goal square, time and time again. She did it consistently. Probably could have kicked a couple more goals and she would have been disappointed with that, but it was a fantastic performance, and yeah, three votes. Chelsea Rendell. Ash Bye. Uh, look, I'm not going to be too creative with mine. I, uh, I follow on directly from Anna. I've, I've gone the same way. I thought Ellie was great. She created a lot of play. I've given her a vote. Um, you know, worked hard all day and, and was really creative uh, sort of around this, the uh, half-forward line. And as you mentioned before the game, which was a, a spot-on prediction, that she lifted to the standard that it was at. So so Melbourne Uni are a, a maybe second, third, fourth club in, in VWFL and it was and, and sometimes perhaps not at that, that level. As soon as she came out with these players today, she was just it's still in those two or three best players in, in whatever team she plays in yeah she just relishes the challenge um, and I, I thought she looked great out there today I had a quick word to her before the game and, and said good luck we went through a little bit of a good luck ritual so that seemed to have worked worked a treat oh um, two votes Ash by <laughs> uh, I like to think I was the difference in her game um, I gave two to Asta I thought she also worked really hard um, you know it's tough conditions for her she'll but be tired she'll, sl- she'll yeah. sleep well tonight. yeah I think you know she was head and shoulders above um, in, in the Bulldogs team. She kicked well, um, took some great marks, so I wanted to give her two votes. Um, I think she worked really hard. And, you know, same, I, th- I thought Chelsea Randall was definitely worth three votes. You know, she managed to get herself into a um, really damaging headspace today for, for the other team. Um, took some great marks, and I think that the other thing I love about Chelsea is her consistency. You know, she played almost the exact same game last year, took some great marks, kicked some goals, and um, I, I just love her consistency. I hope we can see her back here doing the same thing again next year in, in the red and blue. It's not normally I think along the same way as the ladies, but I'm spot on with them. Three, two, one. Um, one to Ali, some creativity, well, huh? <laughs> One to Ali Blackburn in the middle of the ground was cutting it up. Uh, two to Asta O'Connor. As we said, just dropping back in the hole, giving the Bulldogs something when it looked like the defence was going to fall to pieces. And three for Chelsea Randell because she's like your insurance policy. You can go to her every time and know that she's going to get the ball. You can look to her and go to her with confidence. 
and, and it's almost a harsh thing to pick out a 3-2-1 from yeah, the, yeah. this game because it was relatively even across the board but it was all about who put their, their head above the pack I suppose and, and Randell was the one who did that today indeed and I think going away from this game it gives I guess some players will be able to look back at the tape it'll give some things for them to try and think about their football think about their positioning think about what they do I think as you picked on Anna earlier as we just wrap up that for, for example that Phoebe McWilliams that one where she did all the right things was just that small little thing where she didn't commit to going to the ball at the last second I think it's just small little things for those for some of those players they'll be able to look back to today and just say oh you know this is how um uh, this is what I need to work on going forward. Absolutely, and uh, there's plenty of players. I think Hickey can take a lot out of her game today because she was fantastic. On the other side, Katie Brennan can say, look, I played on someone that I wouldn't normally ever have to play on, and uh, she was fantastic, and it was partly because of that pressure of Melbourne. And, yeah, it's a real learning experience for everyone on both sides of the field today and I think one important thing you can take out of this is that players today will go back to their club sides and they'll take back leadership they'll take back knowledge some of them they'll take back the feeling of being in a winning team and yeah there's so much they can take out of it to bring back to their local teams and uh, the benefits of this are far reaching beyond what you see on the field today well so to wrap things up here on vwflradio.com uh, my first thanks of course is to uh, the Wyndham Vale Falcons player in Anna Harrington new social media coordinator at the Melbourne Football Club she kicks off tomorrow you can tweet her there uh, Anna uh, who do Wyndham Vale have coming up for next round oh geez we've got um, Whitehorse so they're third on the ladder so we're looking to keep up our unbeaten streak that'll be a cracking contest uh, uh, Ash by uh, can you give us the inside word reserves or first for next week? Uh, have to wait for to match be, committee. Yet to be seen. I'll have to train this week and see what the coaches think. But um, you'll you have know, to be nice to the coach. <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> Hopefully, be playing in the prems. And thank you very much for your commentary as well throughout the day. Uh, Lacey done a fantastic job. To Dan Hill, we'll see your ugly mug once again. At well, you uh, don't get to see me. That's the good thing about radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see you at Tin Alley uh, next Sunday afternoon at one thirty for the Melbourne Uni versus St Kilda Sharks game. Yeah, well, that'll be an absolute beauty, Pete. It's uh, one thirty broadcast. It's on video wflradio.com so all through the website so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting plenty of listeners and of course tweet us at VWFL Radio, and we love to get involved with all the community out there and for those that have listened make sure you pass on the word when you tweet at VWFL Radio at the end of the game a replay of this game will hopefully be put up online later this afternoon so uh, check in tonight keep an eye on the Twitter account and hopefully we'll have a replay up for you where you can listen back the entire broadcast on behalf of Anna Harrington Ashley by and Daniel Hill I am Peter Holden, thank you very much for joining us on VWFLradio.com. We'll join you again next Sunday, 1.30 for Melbourne Uni versus St Kilda Sharks. Social events, corporate events, birthdays, parties, weddings, music for the masses, DJs, live musicians. You set the date, we'll set the mood. Music for the masses, 1-800-4-MUSIC. 1-800-4-MUSIC. Music for the masses.